everybody. This is Frank Messer welcoming you to New York Yankee baseball. Jerry Corbin and I are on hand to bring you all the action in this wind-up game of the three-game series between the Yankees and the Kansas City Royals. Well, as we get ready for baseball here at Yankee Stadium in New York, ready to give you the starting lineups and some other information about tonight's game, here is Jerry Coleman. Jerry? Well, we've got a lot of interesting baseball coming up, a big bat day next Sunday, and the action hot and heavy here at Yankee Stadium. But tonight, for the Royals, leading off and playing shortstop, Jack Hernandez. Pat Kelly in center field, he'll bat second. Joe Foy at third base. He'll bat third. Mike Fiore hitting cleanup at first base. Playing left field and batting fifth, Lou Pinella. The second baseman is Jerry Adair. He'll bat in the number six spot. Doing the catching and hitting seventh, Ellie Rodriguez. Bob Oliver will play right field and hit eighth. And Wally Bunker, the right-hander, will pitch and he'll be batting ninth. For the Yankees, It'll be Horace Clark leading off at second base. Jerry Kenny will be the third baseman, and Kenny will bat second. Bobby Mercer will hit third and play right field. And batting cleanup tonight, and this is a change as manager Ralph Houck has switched Pepitone and White. He's moved White down a notch and Pepitone up one time, so Pepitone moves into the cleanup spot. He'll play first base and bat in the number four position. Roy White is dropped back to fifth. He'll play left field. Jim Lytle will be in center field, batting sixth. Gene Michael, who's doing, done very well at the plate, will hit seventh and play shortstop. Jake Gibbs will bat eighth. He'll be behind the plate. And Fritz Peterson, going for his ninth win of the year, will be pitching and batting in the number nine spot. Right now, the fans at Yankee Stadium will be joining Jerry Vale in the singing of our national anthem. Empire's behind the plate tonight, Lou DeMuro. 
At first base, Jerry Newdecker, Nestor Shylock, the senior man of this group at second, and Jake O'Donnell at third. Gibbs moves in behind the plate. Peterson rubbing up the ball, stepping in to do the hitting for the Royals. Jack Hernandez, and stepping in to tell you all about it, here's Frank Messer. Thank you very much, Jerry. Hernandez is hitting 253. He has gone three for ten in this series, so you can see from that he's added a few points to his batting average here in New York. The windup of the first pitch to him. Outside, ball one in this game is underway. Yankees trying to salvage the final game of this three-game set. Peterson with eight wins and six losses. Kicks and throws. Hernandez at the ground ball toward second. Horace Clark has it, makes his throw to first in plenty of time. Hernandez is retired and there's one away. The Yankees with an outfield of Roy White in left, Jim Lytle in center, and Bobby Mercer in right. And he comes up with the first hit of this ball game. It's his fourth in the series. And the Royals have a man on with one out and Joe Foy advancing on the plate. Foy has had a hit in each of the games in this series. He is two for seven, batting 249, and Foy currently has a nine-game history going. Boy, right-hand batter. Pepitone pulls into hold against the base runner at first, Pat Kelly. Peterson off the set. Kicks and throws. Curveball is in on the ground to short. Michael up with it. Throws to Clark for one. Back to first. Not in time for the double play. Gene Michael had just a bit of trouble getting that ball out of his glove. And that loss of perhaps a second eliminated any chance of the DP. Kelly is forced at second base. Michael to Clark. Foy reaches on the field is on the fourth play or field is choice. And here is Mike Fiore, the first baseman. Fiore is batting 285. Lou Pinella is on deck. Fiore, left-hand hitter, two for seven in the series. The runner goes, Foy on his way to second. The throw there goes on through the center field. Foy picks himself up, and he will go into third. A stolen base and a throwing error will be charged to Jake Gibbs. 19th stolen base for Joe Foy this year. Gene Michael took the throw from center fielder Jim Lytle and stepped on the second. Making an appeal play there to umpire Nestor Shylock. It was not allowed. Joe Foy is now uh, tied for second place in the American League stolen base parade. The pitch to Fiore is over but low for a ball and a strike count. Foy has 19 stolen bases now. So is Campy Cabanaris of Oakland. Tommy Harper at Seattle leads the league in stolen bases with 29. 1-1 pitch to Fiore, hit on the ground, a short. Gene Michael charges, up with it, throw to first base, he's out, and the side is retired. For the Royals, no runs, a base hit. One Yankee air and one man left. And at the end of one half inning, it's Kansas City nothing and the Yankees coming to bat. You know, there are a lot of men in the Capital District area who suffer every morning. Yes, sir, suffer. They're guys who think they have to scrape themselves raw to get a perfect shave. I'm Howard Tupper, and since I'm on TV as well as radio, a perfect shave is a downright necessity. Now, if I go before those TV cameras with anything but, well, I'm in trouble. 
So what shaving cream does yours truly top use? Some fancy pants exotic brand? No, sir. I use AeroShave. It's packed with a unique combination of 11 special ingredients. Moisturizers and beard softeners to make even a strong beard weak. And lanolin, glycerin, and conditioners for the closest, most comfortable shave. You could scout all over northeastern New York and not find a better shaving cream at any price. AeroShave gives me such a close shave I hardly need a TV makeup man. Take a tip from Tuck. Get AeroShave the finest lather at any price for men who don't want to suffer. We've gone through a half inning here. We're into the bottom of the first inning. And for the Yankees, it'll be Horace Clark, Jerry Kenny, and Bobby Mercer going up against Wally Bunker. Bunker started against the Yankees in the second game of the Memorial Day doubleheader at Kansas City. And he got that win 2-1. to one. Oh, wait a minute. He was winning 2-1 to one with two out in the ninth inning when White doubled in the tying run. And that was the game that went 15 innings with the Yankees finally winning 5-4 on the error by the center fielder, Pat Kelly. So we got that straight. Let's get back to this ball game. No score. All right, Jerry. Horace Clark hitting 271 steps in. The Hoss is 2 for 8 in the series. Batting left-handed against the right-hander, Wally Bunker. Bunker is making his eighth start. And the first pitch. Bop high in the air into right center field. Drifting over the center fielder, Kelly. Plenty of time to get under it, and he makes the catch. So Clark, first ball hitting, flies out to Kelly in center. One down, and Jerry Kenny will step in. This program is authorized under rights granted by the New York Yankees solely for the entertainment of our audience. Any publication, reproduction, or other use of the descriptions and accounts of this game without the express consent of the New York Yankees is prohibited. Jerry Kenny batting 265, 0 for 4 in the series. Used as a pinch hitter last night. Bunker's pitch in the dirt. In front of the plate, ball one. Wally Bunker, two wins, three losses, an earned run average of 3.91. Bunker has also worked out of the bullpen and has one save as a relief pitcher. Kenny takes inside, backs away from the plate, ball two. Bobby Mercer has moved out on deck. Wally Bunker arrived with the Orioles at a career record of 2-1 against the Yankees. And the pitch is in for a strangest plays at first base I've ever seen. Pinella didn't move one way or the other. He just actually froze when the throw came over. 2-1 pitch to Adair. Hit high in the air out into deep center. Lytle chasing back. Turns under it now. Glove up and makes the catch. 
Greg, uh, Jim Lytle is a very graceful outfielder, and he'll make plays that people in this ballpark won't appreciate because he does things so easily. That wasn't an easy chance. He made it look like it was duck soup. Two down, and Ellie Rodriguez, the catcher, steps in. Rodriguez has a seven-game history going, and he is three for eight in this series. One of his three hits was a three-run homer. Night before last. He takes high from Peterson, ball one. At the end of three, Oakland leads Washington three to nothing. There's another drive on the center field. Lytle backing off on this one, and he makes the catch to retire the side. That one was not as high in the air. Well, Rodriguez is out, and so are the Kansas City Royals. No runs, uh, one hit, no errors, and nobody left. So at the end of one and a half, the score, the Yankees nothing and Kansas City nothing. We all know that no one is perfect, even an Atlantic Red Bull dealer. So I imagine it's possible that someday a Red Bull dealer could forget to clean your windshield. Possible, but very, very unlikely. And even if he does, you're still ahead. Because Atlantic Red Bull dealer service carries a money-back guarantee. Anytime the dealer fails to clean your windshield, weather permitting, or doesn't offer to check the oil, he'll refund the cost of your gasoline. The offer may vary in some states, but Red Bull dealer service never varies. That's what makes it so great. Near to home or far away, whether the dealer is an old friend or a stranger, you just drive in at the Red Bull sign and relax. You know your car will be well taken care of because Atlantic Red Bull service is always the same for every customer, every time. It's so good, it's guaranteed. Okay, boys and girls, you know what it's going to be on Sunday if you're 14 years of age or under. That's the day to grab dad, mom, and the whole family and come out to Yankee Stadium. The Seattle Pilots will be here, and it's going to be bat day. You'll get your official Little League bat. And on that day, it looks like it will probably be Stan Bonson pitching for the Yankees. So come on out and cheer Stan Bonson on, and at the same time, get your Little League bat and bring Dad out. That'll be his day, too. Maybe you can all go out for dinner after the game. All right, Jerry, mighty fine advice for our young listeners. Right now, Joe Pepitone leads off as we go to the bottom half of the second. Bunker to the windup, and the pitch to Joe Pepe is high for a ball. Pepitone is hitting 251. Seventeen homers, 38 runs butted in. Swing and a miss, and the count evens one ball, one strike. was allowed one walk back to Jerry Kenny and then picked him off. 1-1 one, one pitch. High. The Royals tonight overshift on Pepitone. Not as much as the White Sox if you saw any of those games with Chicago. But they do have Hernandez just a bit to the right side of second. Pepitone hits a high fly down toward the right field corner. Oliver, near the foul line, is under it and makes the catch. 
Frank, I've got to say something now that Pepitone has come to the plate. He said, you know, getting off to a good start is kind of tough. He said, I'm beginning to feel pressure now that I never felt before because I know people expect me to do it. And I have noticed in the last few games that Joe's been trying to pull everything, and that can be a big danger. Especially the way uh, most clubs set up that defense to shut him off. Here's Roy White batting in the fifth spot. He's cut on the first pitch and fouls it to the feet on the third base side. White batting 273. Jerry explained the move as far as Ralph Hawk was concerned in moving Pepitone up to number four and White down to number five. One strike pitch to Roy. Swung on and missed strike two. With White batting in front of Pepitone, it actually took his speed away from him once he got to first base. Did not like to have White uh, try and uh, steal second because then with first base open, Pepitone would not get the pitches. There's a foul that comes back in and out of the midst of the catcher, Rodriguez, and the count holds nothing in two. the 0-2 pitch to Roy. Lined on one hop, and it is taken by Jerry Adair off his left ear, and he throws him out. Adair lost his cap as he brought the glove up quickly. Fielded that one actually off his left ear and made the play at the first in time. Frank, Jerry Adair is the kind of a ball player who doesn't have great range. He's not fast, but he has one great thing for an infielder, a marvelous pair of hands. And now center fielder Jim Lytle batting 196 and the pitch is inside at the knees. Ball one. Lytle is 0 for 3 in this series. Say Adair can usually handle everything that he gets to. Walker kicks and throws. He's down low this time. Two balls and no strikes. score here in the bottom half of the second inning. Two-nothing pitch. Lytle takes high this time. Three balls and no strikes. Frank, uh, as you know, Jerry Adair came up as a shortstop but didn't have the range to play that position. And he went to second base and has played third as well. But at second, he really shone. All right, the 3-0 pitch now to Lytle. Inside ball four. Lytle walks on four pitches. The second walk given up by Bunker. And right now on New York Yankee Baseball, we pause for station identification. Hi, I'm Bill Edwardson. I'm the bird that wakes up the early birds. Join me weekday mornings from 6 to 10. It's a real eye-opener. On WGY Radio 81, Schenectady. Gene Michael, the batter. Switch hitter batting left against the right-hander bunker. Michael takes a strike under the letters on the inside corner. Michael batting 242. Lytle at first, two outs. Fiore holding against the base runner. The set by Bunker, the pitch. Michael looks at a curve for strike two. Jerry Coleman was talking about Jerry Adair a moment ago. In 1964, Adair went through the entire season at second base and committed only five errors. He played 155 ball games. That was a good week's work for me. 
<laughs> no, we don't believe that, Jerry. Throw to first base, back in time is Lytle. That's truly a phenomenal record, Frank, no matter how you cut it. Five errors in 154 ball games, unbelievable. Played 89 consecutive games without committing an error. There goes Lytle, pitches low to throw to second base, and Lytle is tagged out by Hernandez, the shortstop. Jimmy Lytle thrown out, trying to steal second. Rodriguez to Hernandez. So for the Yankees, no runs, no hits, no errors. Nobody left. At the end of two, it's New York nothing and Kansas City nothing. All right, we go to the third inning with Bob Oliver, the right fielder, to lead off. Then the pitcher, Wally Bunker, and the shortstop, Jack Hernandez. Jerry Adair's record for the most consecutive errorless games of 89. Started in 1964 on July 22nd and ended on May 6th, 1965. Oliver, right hand batter, takes low for a ball. Bob Oliver, hitting 225. The wind up by Peterson, the 1 0 pitch, down low. Two balls and no strikes. Peterson rocks and fires. Oliver hits a ground ball. Pass Kenny into left field. Base hit. Kenny dove for it. Couldn't reach it. And Bob Oliver is on with a leadoff single. The third hit of the ball game for the Kansas City Royals. And now the pitcher, Wally Bunker. Bunker takes a long look down to the third base coach, Jojo White. Harry Dunlop, former catcher, coaches at first base. Kenny and Pepitone will look for the bunt. Peterson off a short stretch. Deals. Bunker bunts it foul behind the dish. Strike one. has as many sacrifice bunts as anybody on this club. Two. One strike pitch time. Gibbs calls for a pitch out. And the count is one ball, one strike. Oliver was not going anywhere. Bunker again looks down at Jojo White. Bunker bunts, back toward the mound. Peterson looks to second, no play. Lobs to Clark at first in time. Bunker out on the sacrifice, one to four. As Oliver moves down to second. And now the shortstop, Jack Hernandez. First, it is rather odd to uh, think that... Uh, Nobody on the Kansas City club had any more than two sacrifices. But looking down the Yankee stats on the same thing, there's only one Yankee with more than two, and that is Bill Burback with five. 
Ed Burning for pitchers is an absolute must, Frank, and uh, some of them don't do the job as well as they should. All right, here's Jack Hernandez, who grounded out to Clark on the first pitch of this ball game. Right-hand batter. Peterson delivers, and he fouls one back. It will be out of play on the screen right down in front of us. Jerry Coleman was all set to make the play on that one. I misjudged that, Frank. <laughs> Not as bad as our buddy Whitey Ford, who was up here and got hit in the head with the ball. Here's an ex-pitcher, 29 years, and got hit in the head in the stand. I'll tell you, that ball took a real bad bounce off the facing of the TV booth down there. Bad reflexes. Oh, <laughs> one pitch to Hernandez. Peterson sends it in. It's high for a ball, one and one. How would you rate Whitey Ford among the fielding pitchers, Jerry? Great. Great, really. And, you know, he had great moves at any one of the three positions, first, second, and third. Excellent ball player in all capacities. Couldn't run, though. One-one pitch to Hernandez. He swings and misses on a pitch fading away from him. And the count is one ball and two strikes. Now, the only thing that Whitey couldn't do well was run. He wasn't fast. But he was a great fielder, good pickoff moves, and of course, uh, who was any better as a pitcher? That's right. One of the great ones. A ball and two strikes to Hernandez. Peterson lets it go. Hernandez swings and misses strike three. The first strikeout for Peterson. And now the batter will be Pat Kelly, the center fielder. Kelly singles his first time up. Rick one right back up the middle. Good lead by Oliver at second. The pitch is lined out into right field. That could mean a run. Here comes Oliver for the plate. Here comes Mercer's throw. Way over Gibbs' head. Peterson backs him up, takes the throw, throws to second base, and Gene Michael almost decoyed Kelly into being out at second. He got back to the bag after a turn. The Royals go out in front one to nothing. Bobby Mercer's throw from right field was over the head of Jake Gibbs. Yankees tried to pull the hidden ball trick. Gene Michael kept the ball, but they did not fool Kelly, who would not take his foot off the bag at second. And now Michael flips the ball back to Peterson, and we're ready to go. Royals leading one to nothing as Joe Foy steps in. Pitch is right in there for a call strike. Kelly now has two hits in this game. His RBI, number 12 on the year. He went to second base on the throw home. 0-1 pitch. Foul back. Into the stands, the mezzanine section.
The ball's two strikes on Joe Foy. He reached on a force out in the first inning, stole second, went to third on Gibbs' throwing error, but expired as Fiore grounded out. Peterson's 0-2 pitch. High. A ball and two strikes to Joe Foy. That's uh, Gene Michael after decoying Kelly. Then kept the ball. Of course, uh, while an infielder has the ball on a hidden ball trick, the pitcher cannot go on the mound. He has to stay on the grass. If he goes on the mound without the ball, it's a ball. The one-two pitch. Strike. Free call. Fastball got the inside corner on Foy, and the side is retired. The Royals get one run on two hits. There were no Yankee errors. A man is left, and at the end of two and a half, the score is Kansas City 1 and New York nothing. Well, the next time you drop by Yankee Stadium, I've got a good suggestion for you. Head for one of the vendors or one of the concession stands and pick up the 1969 Yankee yearbook. One of the best ever put out. Great stories, great pictures. You can't get here, order it. Send your order to Yankee Yearbook, Yankee Stadium, Bronx, New York, and send a dollar, and you'll get your book back in very short order. All right, Jerry, here's Gene Michael, Yankee shortstop. He was at the plate when Lytle was thrown out feeling. He fouls one back to the upper deck on the left side. Strike one. Yes, sir, Gene Michael, rather tricky out there with that hidden ball trick, but Pat Kelly stayed right on the bag. One strike pitch to Michael. Foul back. This one may make the press box. Nope, just in front of it. No balls and two strikes. Two strike pitch coming. Popped up on the left side. Down comes Foy from third. Now in foul territory. And he makes the catch. So Michael is retired, one out, and the batter will be Jake Gibbs. Gibbs is 0 for 3 in the series. For the year, Jake is batting 207. Walker's first pitch to Gibbs, inside at the knees. One ball and no strikes. Bunker has not allowed a base hit. He has walked two men. He picked one of them off, and the other was thrown out attempting to steal. Steals 1-0. Gibbs sends a high pop-up down the first base side. Fiore, in fair territory, near the bag, makes the catch. So there are two outs, and the batter will be pitcher Fritz Peterson. Pete has two hits in 32 trips. Batting average of 0.63. He fouls one back into the mitt of the catcher, Ellie Rodriguez. This one is a bit low. Peterson was bailing out on the pitch. It was really not that far inside, but downstairs. One ball, one strike. Kansas City leading one to nothing. We're in the bottom half of the third inning. 
pop up on the third base side. Joe Foy right at the bag. Now a step in foul territory. Makes the catch. And the side is retired. So three pop-ups as the Yankees go out in order in the third. And at the end of three, it's Kansas City one and New York nothing. Okay, Frank, let's take a look at the scoreboard. In the American League, after four and a half, the Oakland A's lead the Senators four to nothing. Hunter against Moore, relieved by Hannon in the fifth. Jackson hit his 18th in the first inning for the A's in that one. Cleveland failed to score top of the first. They're playing the White Sox in Chicago. It's Teant against Portland. Seattle at Detroit, Boston and Minnesota later starts. California three, Baltimore one after two. Murphy against McNally. McNally is eight and oh. And big Mr. Hicks hit his second home run of the year with two on in the second inning to give California that three-run shot. In the National League this afternoon, the Giants beat the Mets 7-2, breaking an 11-game win streak by the Mets. The winner was Perry, the loser was Gentry. Crainful hit a seventh of the year for New York. Philadelphia at Los Angeles, Montreal at San Diego later starts. The Braves four, the Cubs nothing after one. Hands relieved by nine on the first. Negro so far in there for Atlanta. Cardinals five, Cincinnati nothing after one and a half. Torres against Merritt relieved by Granger in the second. Pinson and Torrey homer to that one. Number nine for Pinson, number ten for Torrey for the Cards. Pittsburgh one, Houston batting in the bottom of the first. Blast against Wilson. And right here, Kansas City leads the Yankees one to nothing as we move into the fourth. All right, Jerry Coleman, thank you very much for the rundown on the scoreboard. And Mike Fiore, who's grounded out to the shortstop, Gene Michael, his first time up, will lead off for Kansas City. First pitch to Fiore, fastball is down low, ball one. Fiore, Peterson winds, kicks and draws. Fiore sends a fly ball out to our right center. Lytle moving to his left. He's under it. Puts it away, and there's one down. And now Lou Pinella, who had an infield hit. He bounced one over the glove of Jerry Kenny in the second inning. Gene Michael backing up the play. Fielded the ball through the first, but not in time. It out to a right center field. Could be a tough play. On the move, Mercer, and he's got it right at the edge of the warning draft, almost at the wall. It looked for a moment as if that ball would get up the alley in right center, but Bobby Mercer turned it on and made the catch right at the edge of the warning draft near the auxiliary scoreboard. So there are two down, and Jerry Adair, the batter. Adair sent a long fly ball to center field, which Jim Lytle caught back in the second inning. First pitch to Adair, outside, ball one. The outfield spreads out against Adair, trying to cover all the exits. Infield the same way, and backed off. Adair not fleet of foot, one old pitch. Swung on and missed. One ball, one strike. 
Orioles leading one to nothing. We're in the top half of the fourth inning. Two outs and nobody on. One-one pitch. Stops on the ground to third. Jerry Kenny digs it up. Throws on the first base in time, and the side is retired. Peterson gets them out in order. Nothing across. And at the end of three and a half, it is Kansas City one and New York nothing. Your Atlantic dealer is bringing you fine china from across the sea. Elegant, delicate, beautiful. China you'll be proud to display on your table. But the big, big news is this. This excitingly beautiful china is yours for a fantastically low price. Lower than you'd believe possible. Now, through an exclusive offer at participating Atlantic dealers, you can purchase a four-piece place setting of fine china at an exceptionally low price with each eight gallons of gasoline. This offer may vary in some states. Each four-piece place setting consists of a cup, saucer, dinner plate, and bread and butter plate. We call this fine china Royal Elegance. Each delicate piece captures the beauty and good taste of sets that sell for many, many times the price. Accessory pieces to complete your fine china set can also be purchased at your participating Atlantic dealer for an amazing low price. And if you'd like to charge your Royal Elegance dishes on your Atlantic Richfield credit card, we'll be our guest. Start collecting your sets of fine china today. Royal Elegance is worth going after. One thing many of you fans out there may not be taking advantage of when you come to Yankee Stadium. The Yankees have so many lovely hostesses here that pass through the stands, and you may be sitting in a seat that you like very much. You might look at a schedule and decide, boy, I'd like to come back again if I can get these same seats. So you know, if you get a hold of one of those Yankee hostesses, you can do it right there on the spot. They'll take your ticket orders while you're sitting there. And you can have your tickets ready to go for the game of your choice. All the conveniences, Jerry, right here at the big ballpark, Yankee Stadium. Horace Clark leads off the fourth. He flies to center field his first time up. Bunker winds and delivers. High and away, ball one. Joe Foy in on the grass at third against Clark. Outfield shallow and left. Straight away in center and right. The pitch. Sure, popped up in a shallow left. Calling for it. The left fielder, Lou Pinella, and Pinella makes the catch. One down. Yankees still looking for their first base hit in this ballgame off Bunker. The batter will be Jerry Kenny. Kenny walked in the first inning, and then Bunker picked him off first. Mercer on deck. Bunker kicks and throws. Kenny takes a fastball over the inside corner for a strike. Bunker had a full leg muscle early this season, caused him to miss a few turns. He was out about two weeks with it. Two or three. He delivers again and almost hits Kenny with a pitch inside. One ball, one strike. None on the one-one pitch to Kenny. Foul back on the screen. That is strike two. Tomorrow is an off day for the Yankees. Then the Seattle Pilots come in for night games Friday and Saturday, and an afternoon game Sunday, which will be bat day. Bunker's one-two delivery to Kenny. Chopper past the pitcher. He's got a chance, and it's right under a glove. And Jerry Kenny is on. 
wound up out in right center field. Jerry Kenny just chopped at it. Got it past Bunker. He had a chance to beat it out, even had Adair fielded it cleanly. It went right under Adair's glove, and it's a base hit for Jerry Kenny, the Yankees' first hit in this ballgame. Frank, I think we can attribute part of that to Jerry Adair's bad back. He just couldn't get over to get to that ball, and even had he caught it, it would have been very questionable had he thrown Kenny out. All right, Jerry, and here's Bobby Mercer, who flied the center his first time up. Well, Kenny is on for the second time. Bunker throws over there, and the throw gets through. Mike Fiore, he and Kenny get tangled up, and now Kenny races on to second. the umpire at first base, Jerry Newdecker, had awarded Jerry Kenny second base on obstruction or interference on the part of Fiore. Even, uh, in other words, even had they retrieved the ball and thrown the second in time to get Kenny, he would still have been safe and been given the bag. We'll get the scores rolling as soon as it's passed along. So Kenny is at second. The first pitch to Mercer. Curve is rocked foul past Elson Howard, the first base coach. An arrow will be charged to Bunker on the throw. We'll hold off on that arrow. Pitch to Mercer is low for a ball one and one. We, uh, I misinterpreted the sign that came down to me, so let me retract that throwing error charge to Bunker until we get a further word from the score. One ball, one strike. Down low to Mercer, and ball two. Interference at first base is the scorer's decision. Your pardon for misinterpreting the sign to me and charging Bunker with an error. Pitch now to Mercer is swung on and missed. And the count is two balls, two strikes. The official score will check with the first base umpire, Jerry Newdecker, to be sure of his interpretation of the play before he makes an official notation. back to second base, but no play on Kenny. Jackie Hernandez, the shortstop, had moved in behind him, but Kenny saw him coming, got back to the bag in plenty of time. Royals leading one to nothing. Yankees have a runner at second, one down. Here's the pitch to Mercer, low and inside, blocked in the dirt by Ellie Rodriguez. Three balls, two strikes. Payoff pitch now to Mercer. He lines it to right field, base hit. Kenny around third on his way home. Bob Oliver's throw to the plate is cut off by Fiore at first. And the Yankees tie it up one to one. RBI, number 44 for Mercer, and his first run batted in since his 
injury in the first game of the Memorial Day doubleheader at Kansas City. And here is Pepitone. Joe Pep flied the right his first time up. They shipped around, go to first base, no play on Mercer. Another lob throw over there by Bunker. Mercer right on the back. The set by Bunker. And the pitch to Pepitone. Lower inside, ball one. Peoria holding the inside corner on the base runner, Bob Mercer. to Joe Pepp. Bouncer to the right side. Jerry Adair cannot get to it. Mercer around second on his way to third as Pepitone holds it first. There were runners at the corner. A Joe Pepitone bounce one between Jerry Adair and Jackie Hernandez for a base hit. And right now on New York Yankee Baseball we pause for station identification. Hi, Harry Downey speaking. Every day it's music and mystery. Stay close weekdays, 10 to 11.30 a.m. and 1 to 3 p.m. here on WGY Schenectady. Well, three consecutive base hits here in the seventh after Clark slide out. Kenny, Mercer, and Pepitone have singled. And Roy White is up with runners at first and third and one away. The first pitch to Roy, right in there for a call strike one. Jim Lytle is on deck. Oh, one pitch. White takes outside. The run batted in by Bobby Mercer as we told you his 44th of the year ties him with Frank Howard of Washington for third place in the league. Killebrew and Powell each have batted in 47. 1-1 pitch inside and a nice block by the catcher Rodriguez. Fiore, the first baseman holding Pepitone on at first base, leaves a bit of a hole on the right side of the infield. Bunker to the set. 2-1 pitch to White. Swung on and missed, strike two. Bunker popped it. White got around late. Tied one to one. Pitch coming to Roy White. Curve struck him out swinging. That is the first strikeout for Bunker in the ball game. And the batter now is center fielder Jim Lytle, who walked in the second and later was thrown out trying to steal second. pitch high for a ball. Pepitone at first, Mercer at third. 
Shortstop Hernandez skated toward the bag against Lytle. Here's the pitch to him. High with a breaking ball. Two balls and no strikes. In there, strike call. Lytle steps back, looks down third base coach Dick Hauser. Two on with two gone. The game's out at one to one. Bunker brings it. Lytle swings and misses strike two. on deck, Gene Michael. Two ball, two strike pitch. High fly ball out of the center field. Pat Kelly moving back to his right, makes the catch and the side is retired. The Yankees get one run on three hits. They leave two men on and at the end of four it's New York one and Kansas City one. Here's exciting news for the thousands of happy people collecting beautiful Royal Elegance Fine China at participating Atlantic stations. Now you can purchase accessory pieces to complete your fine china set. And these practical accessory pieces are also yours at fantastically low prices. Accessory pieces like salt and pepper shakers, sugar bowl with cover, gravy boat, fruit dishes, vegetable dishes, butter dish with cover, and a covered casserole dish. Each accessory piece carries the same appealing royal elegance design and fits in beautifully with your four-piece play settings. Participating Atlantic dealers are offering these four-piece play settings of Royal Elegance Fine China at a sensational low price with each eight gallons of gasoline. This offer may vary in some states, but the translucent beauty of Royal Elegance never varies. Stop in today and pick up your four-piece play settings and beautiful accessory pieces to complete your Fine China set. Charge it on your Atlantic Rich credit card. Anything worth starting is worth completing. Well, we're going into the fifth inning. Another tight one, Frank. A 1-1 ball game. Kansas City with four base hits. The Yankees three. And the Kansas City Royals coming on now with their number seven batter, Ellie Rodriguez. Glad you are, Jerry. And Rodriguez has had quite a series. He's done a fine job catching for Kansas City. He's had some key base hits. Three for nine as he comes up right now. Carries a seven-game hit streak into this game tonight. Right-hand hitter. First pitch to him. Last ball is lined to left base hit. Roy White over to cut it off. Let's see if Rodriguez tries him. Nope. Makes a big turn and then holds on. That is base hit number five for Kansas City. And this is the third inning in which the Royals have had the leadoff man on. Vanilla. Let off the second with a single, and then Peterson picked him off. Oliver let off the third with a single, and later scored. And now Rodriguez leads off the fifth with a base hit, and Bob Oliver steps in. One for one with a run scored. The pitch to him. Swung out in this strike one. Pleasant evening here at the stadium. 74 degrees at game time. Folks enjoying it. 0-1 pitch. 
Inside with a fastball just above the knees. One ball, one strike. action here for the Yankees will be Friday night. Tomorrow's an off day. Friday night, the Seattle Pilots come in. Throw to first base, and Rodriguez gets back. Harry Dunlop, the first base coach, over talking to umpire Jerry Newdecker, perhaps about Peterson's move. out a runner at first. 1-1 one, one pitch coming to Bob Oliver. Peterson lets it go and Oliver sends a fly ball out of the deep center. Lionel back. Still going back and he's got it on the run. What a Jimmy Lytle has been a busy young man out in center field tonight. He has had some long runs and most of them straight back toward the wall. That's the hardest ball for an outfielder to catch. The one directly over his head. You have a tough time uh, judging the distance of the ball and keeping your eye on it. When it's to the right or the left or in front of you, you can always keep an eye peeled. But when it's over your head, you just have to turn around and run and then pick it up again. One out. Rodriguez at first, and here's Bunker. Bunker called upon to sacrifice in the third inning did so. Let's see what the strategy is here. Pepitone ready to squeeze down the line and a pitch out. There's a good call by Jake Gibbs. Find out what's going on. Take that pitch out and bump her head squared off. Of course, there's no uh, law that says they can't change the sign now. Now the first base runner, Rodriguez, snapped to look at Dunlop to be sure of the sign. There may be a play on here. Nope, he holds, but Bunker bunts it down the first baseline. Gives up with it, throws over Bunker's head to clock in time. So again, Bunker comes through with a sacrifice bunt. Rodriguez goes to second, and the batter will be Jack Hernandez with two outs. Jake Gibbs on that play, realizing he had plenty of time to get Bunker, did not fire a sharp throw to first base, but threw over the base runner's head. So it lobbed it to clock. Hernandez is over two, grounded to second and struck out. That is the only strikeout for Peterson. He has not walked anybody. His first pitch. Foul back, and that one got Gibbs on the throwing hand again. It sort of appeared. Jake went, but now he's giving no indication. Jerry, I thought for a moment that would got him on the uh, hand, but maybe not. It got him there all right, Frank. I think Jake is very sensitive, of course, about that index finger and his throwing hand. He broke it. And any time you come close to hitting a finger like that again, the first thing you think about is, oops, not again. So Gibbs uh, pulled back quickly, possibly a little bit more than he would have normally. But having just broke it, I guess he was rather sensitive. All right, no balls and a strike to Jack Hernandez. Rodriguez is a second to down. Peterson kicks and deals, and there's a bouncer past Peterson toward Clark. Horace has it, makes a quick throw, in time, and a close play at first base. Very close play at first, as Hernandez is thrown out by Clark to end the inning. 
No runs, one hit. No errors and a man left. And at the end of four and a half innings, the score is New York 1 and Kansas City 1. Have you seen some of the beer advertising that's around lately? Sure you have. After all, who could miss it? Pretty girls, athletes, catchy little jingles. I guess that kind of advertising is just fine, if you don't have much to say about your beer. But the brewers of Fields Real Draft have more confidence in their products, more respect for the savvy of the beer drinkers. So Fields challenged the three leading beers in the East in one of the most daring and unusual taste tests ever conducted. An independent research organization set up testing facilities right inside Yankee Stadium during the ball games on May 2nd and 4th and out behind second base on May 6th. And beer drinkers were invited to take the test. The bottles were unlabeled and the glasses unmarked. And what were the results? Well, not one of the other beers tasted, and they were all top-selling beers in the East, could beat Peel's Real Draft. In fact, 52 and 9 tenths percent of all those beer drinkers in Yankee Stadium prefer the taste of Peel's Real Draft. Surprise? Well, don't be. Test it yourself. Well, Jerry Coleman, Mr. Ewing Kaufman, the owner of the uh, Kansas City Royals, and also the founder and president of Marion Laboratories, will be honored at Union College in Schenectady, New York, where he will receive an honorary Doctor of Science degree. Also to be honored are Senator Charles E. Fidel of New York and Cleveland Mayor Carl Stokes, among others. The exercises... Part of the commencement exercises at Union College in Schenectady on Saturday at 5.30 in the afternoon. So our congratulations to Mr. Kaufman, to Senator Goodell, and to Mayor Stokes. We're ready for the bottom half of the fifth inning. You're ready to tell you about it. Here's Jerry Coleman. Okay, Frank Messer, and it's Dean Michael moving in there against Wally Bunker, and the first pitch is high and outside for ball one. Michael fouled the third in the third inning. The bottom third of the Yankee batting order. It's a 1-1 ball game. We're in the bottom of the fifth. Bunker, the right-hander, lets it go again. There's a hopper to second. Adair over to Fiore, one away. Jerry Adair getting the big bill. A nice, easy hop, belt high. Flips over to Fiore, one down. And now here's Jake Gibbs. Gibbs pops to first in the third. Jake came into this ball game batting at 207. From the left side, he waits, and the curve misses outside from Wally Bunker. Ball one, the count. Gibbs with three doubles, no triples, no homers, seven RBIs. Waiting. The next one on the way, it's a ground ball once again to Jerry Adair. Gets another big hop. Another flip to Fiore, two down. Jerry Adair, the second baseman, getting the first two chances here in the bottom of the fifth and turning them in. And now it will be Fritz Peterson stepping up. Pete pops to third in the third inning. Wally Bunker, sore-armed right-hander. Had a lot of trouble when he was with the Baltimore Orioles, trying to fight his way back. His arm is sound once again. Saw right-hander. Throws one that hits the corner of the plate for strike one. Bunker is... Two and three. There's a ball up the middle, backhanded by Adair. Throw to first, a great play by Jerry Adair. Fritz Peterson is out of there. A spectacular play by Adair, retiring the Yankees, and he made all three of them. Three up and three down. 
And a score after five. Kansas City won. The Yankees won. It's a pretty complicated business, setting up a beer taste test. That's really worthwhile, really meaningful. First of all, you've got to round up enough people to make it a valid test. Then you must have an independent research organization to set up the ground rules and conduct the test properly. Then you have to remove all the labels from the bottles. You even have to paint over the bottle caps, so there's no risk that any of the participants will know which beer he's tasting. Sounds like an awful lot of trouble, doesn't it? But the makers of Fields Real Draft Beer were ready to lay down that challenge to the competition. So, right in Yankee Stadium on May 2nd, 4th, and 6th, Fields challenged the three leading beers in the East to that unique, that dramatic contest. The beer drinkers came and tested and compared and chose. And you know, not one of those top-selling beers could be Fields. Why did 52 and 9 tenths percent of those people prefer the taste of Fields? Well, the Fields people themselves say it's because real draft beer tastes lighter, tastes fresher. Try Fields Real Draft yourself and enjoy the taste that can't be beat. Going back to the fourth inning, when the Yankees scored their run, remember Kenny beat on an infield hit, and then on an attempted pickoff play at first base, he went to second and was awarded the base on interference by the first baseman, Fiore. Well, that is the official ruling on the play. As the official score, Vic Siegel has checked with the umpire involved, Jerry Newdecker, and so an error will be charged to Fiore on that play. Interference uh, is automatically charged as an error to the fielder involved. So that is how Kenny got to second, and he later scored on the base hit by Bobby Mercer. So we've got the fourth inning taken care of, Jerry, as we go to the sixth. Okay, Frank. And here comes a guy who's been tough on the Yankees in the series in Kansas City and the one here in New York, Pat Kelly. He's two for two, a single to center and a line single to right that drove in the only run for Kansas City back in the third. It's all tied up one apiece. KC with five hits. The Yankees have only three. Peterson shooting for a win number nine. The Yankee left-hander ready and an attempted bunt by Kelly is missed for strike one. Fritz Peterson has quite an impressive record. He leads the Yankees in earned run average with a 2.31 mark. And that's better than Salomire's 2.52 or Burbeck's 2.55. Peterson also leads the Yankee pitchers in strikeouts. He's got 61 with a 2 tonight. There's an attempted bunt that's taken outside by Kelly, 1-1. One one. Another strange look, see, as you look at the four Yankee starting pitchers. Before tonight's game, Bonson and Peterson had 59 strikeouts, and Burback and Salomire had 49. But Peterson has surged ahead with the two strikeouts tonight. Pete is ready. The 1-1 pitch to Kelly is in there for strike two. Pat Kelly leading off the sixth inning. Left-hand batter. Good speed. 16 stolen bases came into the game at 273, so he's up for that two for two tonight. There's a check swing foul on the left side. One ball, two strikes. Kelly has 41 base hits and 145 at-bats. He's scored 23 times. Eight doubles, a triple, three homers, and 12 RBIs. The left-hand hitter choked up on the bat, closed stance, right on top of the plate, waiting. Peterson ready, the one-two pitch is hit on the end of the bat towards third and just foul. That ball almost came back and hit the bag. 
It was farther foul halfway to the bag than it was when I went by it. Had a real good backspin, like a cue shot with the eight iron. Eight iron. Let's think about that for a while. All right. Eight ball in the side pocket. Kelly almost got hit. He did get hit. Oh, boy, that ball backed into him. Looks like it got him on the right hand as he goes down to first base shaking it. He started in, and the ball tailed into him. And he's holding that right hand. It looks like it got him between the elbow and the wrist somewhere in that area. So he's on, hit by a pitch ball. The guy you don't like to get on to lead off an inning. Look at this Kelly down there. At first, he's shaking both hands. This could possibly have nipped both of them, bouncing off one into the other. All right, here's Joe Foy. Master short and struck out. Foy, right-hand hitter, holds the bat high on the end. There goes Kelly, a high fly to right field. Short right. Mercer coming on fast, loses his hat, makes the play on a dead run, and back is Pat Kelly as Foy has retired. Mercer came close to running by the ball. He had a long, hard run. And he and the ball got to the same spot about the same time as Bobby, maybe a shade under the ball. He made a little leap there when he caught that ball. He wasn't quite sure. He was. I think Mercer was afraid for a moment he might have uh, run past it. He jumped as he caught it. But he made the play, and that's what counts. All right, moving in right now is the first baseman, Mike Fiore. Left-hand hitter with Pat Kelly at first. Peterson at the belt. And a pitch out, and Kelly holds. He didn't move on that one. Fiore tonight has bounced to short and fly to center. Came into the ball game batting 285. He was over 300 when the Yankees were in Kansas City. But has dropped off a little. Holds about right on the end as Peterson flips outside for ball two. Two balls, no strikes. Mike Fiore, 37 hits and 130 at-bats. Five of them home runs, 13 RBIs. He's got four stolen bases. And the man who's got 16 stolen bases is on at first base, and it's Pat Kelly with one down. Peterson sets, delivers low. Three balls and no strikes. I think this Kelly has got all of the Yankee pitchers a little bit tense out there with his base running. He's done a job. Barry Dunlop, the first base coach, yelling something to Kelly. Pepitone holding against him. Peterson sets the 3-0 pitch. is in there for a strike. Pat Kelly... And you can understand why he'd have the Yankee pitcher somewhat wary. It's eight for eight in stolen bases. And that's just in the first two series of the season. Kelly moving off first. Pretty good lead. Peterson ready. There goes Kelly. A ball is swung on a miss. Throw to second is not in time. The ball actually was low and dropped by Michaels. But Kelly was in there under the throw. And that's nine for nine for Pat Kelly against the Yankees and number 17 on the year for him. He can go. 
It is really amazing, Jerry. Now, Pat Kelly has been on base, I'm sure, as many times against other clubs as he has against the Yankees. Still nine of his 17 stolen bases have been against the Yankees. He's been having field days. It's a 3-2 count on Mike Fiore now as Peterson sets again. Here it comes, and Fiore swings at a bad ball. He's out of there. Strikeout number three for Fritz Peterson. Moving in now, the right-hand hitting Lou Pinella. Pinella had a single to short. Was out on a fine play by Bobby Mercer in deep right center. Mercer going back to the running track. In front of the auxiliary scoreboard. Looked like it was through there. And Bobby really put on the horse. Reached up, just did get to it. A 1-1 ball game, six innings. The Royals at bat, two down. Pat Kelly at second. Lou Pinella at the plate. Fritz Peterson. Drills run and it's hit hard. Up the middle, pass for Clark. Coming in, trying to score is Kelly, and he makes it. The Royals move out in front, two to one. Lou Pinella driving in a run, a big one, putting the Kansas City Royals out in front by a score of two to one. Peterson drilled a fastball in there. Pinella loaded one up the middle on the ground just past the outstretched glove of Boris Clark. Second base hit of the night for Pinella. Hit number six off Peterson. Kansas City Royals, an expansion club this year, have been tough for the Yankees, at least in this series. The Yankees are three and two on the year. They won all three in Kansas City, but dropped the first two here in New York. Trailing on this one two to one as Jerry Adair comes up there. Swings and misses at the first pitch, strike one. Adair flied to center and bounced to third. Right-hand hitter, veteran infielder. Jerry's been around a while, started with the Orioles, went to the White Sox, the Red Sox, and now with the Kansas City Royals. Here's the one-strike pitch, swung on a miss, strike two, and Peterson... Using that fastball, blazed it by Adair. Peterson is not overpoweringly fast, but with his off-speed pitching, when he muscles up in that fastball, it takes on the effect of being faster than it really is. Pete ready again. Vanilla moving off first. Adair waits. The fastball is high. One ball, two strikes. Peterson wastes no time. He moves right along. It's a two-to-one ball game. Kansas City just scoring, taking the lead here in the top of the sixth. Here's the next one as Adair takes it outside for two and two. I might mention that the James Monroe High School's baseball team are guests of the Yankees tonight. They they won the city CSAL championship in New York. They had a 25-1 record, so they're here tonight watching the action. The 2-2 pitch to Adair, a hopper, right back to Peterson. He's got it. Fires the pepitone on the side is retired. For the Kansas City Royals, one run on one base hit and one man left. The score after five and a half, Kansas City two and the Yankees one. You've just got to hand it to the people who make Peel's Real Draft beer. They're really not scared to challenge their competition to lay it on the line, beer to beer. During three dramatic days in May, Peel's Real Draft challenged three top-selling beers in the East to a taste test right in Yankee Stadium. 
the scene of so many exciting contests. It was quite a scene, fans, let me tell you. The beer drink is tested inside Yankee Stadium during the ball game on May 2nd and 4th, and on May 6th, they tested at tables right behind second base. An independent research organization conducted the test with unlabeled bottles and unmarked glasses. The people tasted and compared and showed. You might think no beer would stand a chance against the three top sellers in the East, but you'd be wrong. Not one of them could beat Peel. Yes, 52 and 9 tenths percent prefer the taste of Peel's Real Draft. I think you will, too, once you try Peel's Real Draft beer. Well, Jerry had a very enjoyable thing to do today, and that was to uh, help kick off the Mayor's Police Baseball League down in the 42nd precinct. Captain Bob Johnson of the 42nd was our host. We were down there with Bill Robinson and Mel Sottlemyer and Mr. Howard Burke, the vice president in charge of special projects for the Yankees. Really great day to meet some of the kids down there, have a chance to talk to them and judge a poster contest. There were some lovely posters by the school kids down there in that area of the Bronx in the 42nd. Those youngsters go all out, too. And right now, Horace Clark is going all out. A great play by Jackson Andes, who also went all out. A leaping, diving grab to his left. And Clark is round to the base hit. Oh, baby, what a play by Hernandez. Let's pause for station identification after that one. Hi, Terry Lester here. Kick those late afternoon blues. Keep happy from 3 to 7 p.m. weekdays on WGY Schenectady, Radio 81. Jerry Kenny has moved in there. Wally Bunker fires low and inside for ball one. Kansas City leading the Yankees two to one. Bottom of the sixth. Doris Clark has just been robbed on a sensational play by Jack Hernandez. Clark is 0 for 3 after that spectacular grab of Hernandez. And now Kenny fouls this one off one and one. Jerry Kenny has walked and had a scratch single. Scored the only Yankee run in the fourth inning. Wally Bunker, 6-2, 190-pounder. Shakes off his catcher, Ali Rodriguez. Wants another one. He's got it. The 1-1 delivery is outside. Two balls and a strike. With Kenny up there, Foy is in about 10 feet toward home plate at third. The shortstop, Hernandez, very shallow, playing halfway, as is Jerry Adair at second. Kenny takes high, three and one. And Mike Fiore, the first baseman, is in. Tremendous advantage with speed. Bring that infield in like that, and those ground balls that are sometimes caught when the infield is back get through in a case like this. Kenny waiting. The 3-1 delivery is high for ball four, and Kenny draws a walk. That's the second walk given to Jerry Kenny and the third on the night by Wally Bunker. Kenny representing a tying run is on at first base. Here's Bobby Mercer, who drove in the only run in the fourth inning, and that was Kenny. Kenny was involved in that rather unusual play on an attempted pickoff. The ball got by Fiore, and then he and Fiore got tangled up. And Fiore ended up with an error, and Kenny at second base. Ground ball to second. Adair has it. To Hernandez for one. Back to first. 
Taylor made double play. Boom, boom, boom. Four, six, three. So the Yankees are out of there in the bottom of the sixth inning. No runs, no hits, no errors. And after six full innings of play, it's Kansas City two, the Yankees one. All right, Jerry Coleman, and on the scoreboard at the end of seven innings to play, down in Washington, it is Oakland four and Washington three. Hunter started for Oakland, fingers in the seventh. Moore, Hannon, and now Humphrey is the pitch for Washington. Reggie Jackson hit his 18th home run of the year for Oakland. Bernie Allen, his third for Washington. Cleveland won Chicago nothing at the end of two and a half. Seattle against Portland. Detroit won Seattle nothing at the end of two. Mike Marshall pitching for Seattle, and Dennis McLean on the hill for Detroit. California three, Baltimore one at the end of three. Tom Murphy for the Angels. Dave McNally for Baltimore. McNally has a record of eight and all. I believe McNally has lost only two games since uh, oh, the All-Star break last year. Six has homered for California, his second of the year. Boston two, Minnesota nothing at the end of one and a half. Nagy and Boswell, the pitchers. LaHood has homered for Boston with a man on his first of the year. In the National League this afternoon, San Francisco stopped the Mets, the 11-game win streak, 7-2. to two. Gaylord Terry, the winner, he went all the way. He's 9-5. Gentry, the loser, 5-5. Five five. Cranepool homered for the Mets. 1-1, one one, Pittsburgh at Houston at the end of 2.5. Blast and Wilson. Atlanta, 5. The Cubs won at the end of 5.5. And, and it is St. Louis, 8. And Cincinnati, 3 at the end of 3.5 innings. West Coast games not yet underway. The bottom third of the Kansas City Royal lineup stepping up. The first man is Ellie Rodriguez facing Fritz Peterson. He attempts a button misses for strike one. Kansas City two runs and six hits. The Yankees one run on three. Yankees having a real battle with these expansion Kansas City Royals. Dropped the first two, trying to salvage one in this three-game set. Rodriguez drills one past Kenny into left field for a solid single. Second base hit of the night for Ellie Rodriguez. Rodriguez came into the ball game batting at 268. He's now two for three, so he bounces over the 270 mark. In fact, he has exactly 28 base hits in 100 at bats. That makes him 280. That's right, Jerry. And uh, he has extended his consecutive game hit streak now through eight ball games. Well, Rodriguez has been a hot hitter. Got a big base hit with the bases loaded the other night to help out. Here's Bob Oliver, who has one for two, hit the first pitch high in the air to right field. Mercer going back, now moving in, and no, I thought for a moment Lila was going to take it, but Mercer stayed with it. Rodriguez tagged up and drew a throw, but then goes back to first. Looked as though Jim Lytle was going to move in and take the ball, and then Bobby Mercer waved him away and handled it himself. One down. And Wally Bunker steps in. He has not been officially to the plate tonight. He sacrificed twice, and both have been good. So let's see if he does it again. Rodriguez at first. One down. Bunker the batter. The Yankees are looking for the bunt. Infield in. Outfield shallow, too. Bunker at the plate. Squares around and drops this one in front of the plate. Peterson has a shot at second. It's a little bit. No, he got him. Yes, he did. Mr. Shylock called him safe and then went with the outside. It looked as though the throw was going to be inside and wide, but Gene Michael, who is six feet three, stretched as far as he could and made a great grab on what looked to be an air toss. 
play going one to six as Rodriguez is forced at second. That was a fine play by Gene Michael, Frank. He saved the day on that one. It certainly was, and... Uh... I'd have to think right now that uh, Michael even uh, fooled Shylock there for just a moment. Able to keep his toe on the bag and still reach out for a throw that looked like it might even get through to the outfield. So the Yankees now have two down with the Kansas City Royals batting in the top of the seventh inning. At first base is the pitcher Wally Bunker and the leadoff man Jackson Ann is stepping in. And always a question about his hitting. He's done a good job with Kansas City so far. There's a drive into center field. Moving back and a little to his left is Lytle. He's got it for the final out here in the top of the seventh. For the Royals, no runs, a base hit and one left. The score after six and a half, Kansas City two and the Yankees one. Well, Jerry, we were on the air last night when the news came through of the uh, tragic collision between Hector Torres and Jesus Alou down in uh, Houston. And we the last word we had before we left the air last night was that Jesus Alou was in uh, very serious condition. Today the report is that uh, Jesus will miss four to six weeks. He suffered a concussion in that collision, and he has also been placed on a liquid diet. Hector Torres will probably be out from one to two weeks as a result of that uh, collision. And I think that... Credit has to be given to the two trainers, Jim Yule of the Houston Astros and Tony Bauderholm of the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates, whose fast action, I am told, actually saved the life of Jesus Alou. As a result of the collision, he had swallowed his tongue, and the two trainers forced his mouth open and got the tongue out before he choked to death or suffocated. And uh, credit has to be given those trainers who do such a great job uh, all around the league every day. And they certainly do that, Frank Messer. Here is Joe Pepitone who's got the overshift on him and he takes a fastball in there, strike one from Wally Bunker. Wally Bunker pitching another fine game against the Yankees as he did in Kansas City. Bunker is into the windup, the one strike delivery and Pepe hits it high in the air to right field. Drifting over is the center field now. He's under it in right center, makes the play, and Pepitone is out of there. Joe Pepitone is now one for three on the night. Slide to right twice and single to center once. Here's Roy White out on a great play by Jerry Adair on the second and then struck out on the fourth. Wally Bunker went into the ninth inning. He was winning two to one with two out in the ninth inning when Roy White doubled in the tying run. That was the game that won 15 innings with the Yankees finally winning. Wally Bunker, first pitch to White as a curve inside for ball one. Two to one, Kansas City leading the Yankees. We're in the last of the seventh. White waits. Fouls this one back. One and one the count. Roy White is not choking up too much against Wally Bunker from the left side. He usually goes way up off the end of the bat. White judges the speed of the pitcher and then chokes up accordingly. Here's the 1-1 delivery. Change up is outside. 2-1. And, and then another thing that Roy does, after two strikes, he'll go up a little more for better bat control just to make sure he gets a piece of it. He's from the left side facing the right-handed Wally Bunker. Bunker ready. Here's the 2-1 pitch and White takes it high. Three balls and a strike. 
Roy White, who was four for five. That was in last night's ball game. Came into this one batting at 273. Three balls and a strike. The next one on the way, and White hits it to right field, way back there. Oliver on the run. That ball is in there, a home run, and White ties it up. in the late innings in the ninth inning in Kansas City as we just mentioned and here in the bottom of the seventh Light will take the ball outside Light will waiting the next one by Bunker is fouled off one and one we go back again to that 15 inning ball game which White tied up in the ninth it was Roy White who batted in the run that proved to be the winner in the 15th Wants those men on the ponds for White to hit him in if he can. This time he took it into his own hand. Jim Lytle takes a change up outside for two balls, one strike. All tied at two apiece. Kansas City seven hits the Yankees with four. Lytle waiting. A swing and a miss and a fastball. Two balls, two strikes. Jim walked in the second inning and flied to center in the fourth. A left-hand hitter. Brought up from Syracuse and three or four weeks ago. Got up to a slow start and has picked up some steam in the last few weeks. The high top on the left side, Foy moving back near the line and now coming in behind him is a shortstop Hernandez and he makes the play in foul territory. Foy stopping at the last minute as Hernandez called him off. Now it'll be Gene Michael moving in. Top to third, bounce to second. Michael entered this game as a 242 hitter. He's been a very, very pleasant addition to the hitting of the Shanky Ball Club in recent weeks. Swings and misses, strike one at a fastball. More than that, Michael has added a fine brand of shortstop to the Yankee infield. Played good defensive ball. Here's the one strike pitch. On the corner, strike two. Defense is exactly straight away for Michael. They don't play deep in the outfield. Gene is not a power hitter. That's five doubles, a triple, no homers. He waits. The two-strike pitch by Bunker is hit slowly toward first. Bunker is over there. Quits the Fiore. The side is retired. But the Yankees tie it up on Roy White's third home run. One run on one hit. And the score after seven, Kansas City two and the Yankees two. Well, here's the pitching rotation for the Seattle series. On Friday night, Mel Stottlemyre, who has won nine and lost four, will go for the Yankees, and Gene Brabender, two and four, for the Pilots. 
On Saturday night, Bill Burback, 3-4 and four for the Yankees, and Steve Barber, who is 2-1 for the Pilots. And on Sunday afternoon, Stan Bonson, 2-9 for the Yankees, and Marty Patton, who has won 6 and lost 4, will go for the Seattle Pilots. Two night games and a Sunday afternoon contest, the three-game series with Seattle. Okay, Pat Kelly leading off. He's been in Peterson's hair all night, and he fouls the first pitch back for strike one. Kelly has scored a run and driven in a run. He's two for two. He's got a stolen base. Left-hand hitter. It's a 2-2 ball game. Top of the eighth. Kelly's right on top of that plate, waiting as Peterson lets one go that's low for a ball and a strike. Jojo White coaching at third base, yelling something into Pat Kelly. Those coaches keep busy. Sometimes uh, those voice signals or words that they use can mean something. The 1-1 delivery. Kelly swings and misses strike two. You'll find the first base coach and the third base coach, when they're not concentrating on anything else, they may concentrate on the pitcher or the catcher to see if they can pick up some small sign that might give away a pitch. Once they get them, it's Katie by the door. Here's the 1-2 delivery. Swung on a missed strike three, and Kelly is out of there. That's the first time tonight that the Yankees have retired Pat Kelly. Strikeout number four for Peterson. Now Joe Foy, who is 0 for 3. Bounced to short, struck out, slide to right. Foy, a local New York boy, came up with the Red Sox. Hits one hard on the ground to Michael at short. Takes it easily over to Pepitone, two down. That ball is a grass cutter, it skipped. And Michael got a nice easy hop on the last one. There's an old saying about an infielder who misses a ball. Judged every hop just right but the last one. And that's the one you got to do right. <laughs> Mike Fiore moving in. Bounced to short, fly to center, and struck out. Our old partner Phil Rizzuto judged all those last hops just right. Great pair of hands. Fiore, the left-hand batter, takes low from Peterson. Ball one. Two up, two down, eighth inning, a 2-2 tie. Fiore waiting. Peterson delivers. Outside, two balls and no strikes. He's got the paid attendance tonight, 8,669. There's a half-swing called ball three. Mike Fiore with two down. Fiore and Pinella have the most home runs of any Kansas City Royal in the starting lineup tonight. Fiore takes a strike. Three and one. Foy batting third has 26 home runs. Pinella batting, or rather, 26 RBIs. And Pinella batting fifth has 29. And Fiore in the fourth spot has only 13. Fiore backs away for ball four. That's the first walk given up by Peterson. A two-out walk to Mike Fiore in the top of the eighth inning. Fiore has four stolen bases. 
The batter now, Lou Pinella, who has two for three in RBI. Had an infield single in the second, a solid single to center in the sixth. That drove in the run that put Kansas City ahead at that time, but the Yankees tied it on Roy White's home run in the bottom of the seventh. Pinella, the right-hand batter, takes way outside. A nice save by Gibbs. The ball almost getting by him back to the backstop. got some of the city champs behind us. James Monroe High School, right? James Monroe? Yes, sir. They won the city championship 25-1 and this season. Here's Pinella, who fouls one back. A ball and a strike. Which one of you guys lost that one game? I said, which one of you guys lost that one game? And one youngster said, not me. That was Larry Crosby. <laughs> they had a 25-1 record on the year. City champs from James Monroe High School. The 1-1 pitch to Pinella is low and in the dirt. Two balls and a strike. At first base, Mike Fiore. Almost hidden by Joe Pepitone. Pepe holding against the first baseman, Fiore. Lou Pinella, big right-hander waiting, choked up a little and hits one deep to center field in a big part of the park. Back, back goes Lytle. He fell down. It got by him. Outside the scoreboard. Coming in his one run. Pinella is being waved in the relay by Michael. He is not in time. Inside the park home run by Lou Pinella. And Kansas City leads 4-2. there, over 420 feet, Jim Lytle went racing for the drive by Lou Pinella, just as he got to it, his feet went out from under him, and a ball got by him out by the monuments there, rolled around, and by the time it was returned, all the way around came Lou Pinella. Jerry, it appeared that as Jim Lytle's foot hit the warning track and the dirt out there, his uh, foot just went off from under him. He tumbled, and I don't know, I was watching him through the glasses, and I believe had he not fallen, he might have been able to make a spectacular catch. Here's Jerry Adair on the first pitch, pops it up in the short right center, and Lytle races in for the putout. But not before Kansas City comes up with two runs on one base hit, the booming home run by Lou Pinella. No Yankee errors. Nobody left in the score after seven and a half. Kansas City four and the Yankees two. Claude's Rogue's Den for Father's Day. They've got the kind of things a man wants. Not the same old stuff he'll shove in a drawer and forget. Claude's Father's Day gifts are 1969. Bright new shirts, bold new ties, brawny, masculine belts. New ideas and accessories, shave coats and pajamas. And if your father's ready for them, Flaws even has the wild things. See-through shirts, bell-bottoms, brushed denim deck clothes, silk Apache shirts and scarves, you name it. Flaws Rogue's Den also has a great collection of bright new golf clothes, terrific Father's Day gifts, sweaters, slacks, and pullovers, too. So don't let your father go around dressing like some fugitive from the late show. Get his Father's Day gifts at Flaws Rogue's Den. 
A father like yours deserves to look special. back to that inside the park home run hit by Lou Pinella. It appeared, uh, watching Jim Lytle, he made a great run to get back there close to the ball and I still believe he would have caught it had he not fallen down. But to give Pinella credit, he hit that ball 440 feet, I guess. And it was a long, long shot. Well, that's RBI's number 30, 31, and 30 and 31 for Lou Pinella. That's three on the night for him. Jake Gibbs is up there, and he takes strike one from Wally Bunker. And we've got Jimmy Hall in the on-deck circle. He'll be batting for Fritz Peterson with Kansas City leading 4-2. to two. Gibbs fouls this one back on the screen here at strike two. This Pinella has been quite a thorn in the side of the Yankees. He had four RBIs last night, and he's got three tonight. That's seven in two days. Raising his total to 32. In this series, he's gone six for 13. Oh, red hot hitter. Gibbs hits one foul on the right side. No balls, two strikes. That ball... It's hard to say how far it went, but it was well over 400 feet, possibly as far as 440 feet, because it was right between the 463 and the 433 mark, and heading out that way, it hit on the running track, and that's some drive to dead center field. The two-strike pitch now to Jake, a one-hopper back to Wally Bunker, he has it, flips to Fiore, one away. Now Jimmy Hall is coming on to bat for Fritz Peterson. Yankees trailing four to two, bottom of the eighth with one down. Jimmy Hall batting at 228 on the air, but as the Yankee, 248. He came over from the Indians with a record of no hits in 10 at bats. And that's the difference in the 20 points in his batting average. Got five doubles, two triples, two home runs, 12 RBIs. Left-hand hitter. Ball waiting as Bunker goes into the windup, and the pitch is fouled off for strike one. California leading Baltimore four to two in the seventh. The Orioles appear to be the class club in the American League this year. The one strike pitch now to Hall is high and outside for one and one. In the ninth inning, Oakland leading the Senators four to three. Cleveland and Chicago one apiece in the fifth. Seattle and Detroit one apiece in the fourth. Here's Jimmy Hall following another one back, and it's one ball, two strikes. Boston leads Minnesota two to nothing after two and a half. This afternoon, the Giants beat the Mets seven to two to snap their 11-game win streak. Braves five, the Cubs one. They're playing the seventh. Ironhead is 526 lifetime and 16th of the season. 
Here's the one-two pitch to Hall. Change up. He takes low for two and two. Pittsburgh two and Houston three after four. And all the other games on the West Coast except the Cardinals who have eight and the Reds have four after five. It's eight to four. Cards over the Reds. They're playing the six. Two-two pitch to Jimmy Hall is low and outside for three and two. So Wally Bunker. Running it a full count to Jimmy Hall. Forrest Clark on deck. One down. Kansas City leading four to two, last of the eight. Bunker ready. Hall waiting. The right-hander fires. Here's a high pop into the infield. Everybody going after it. Adair finally making the call, and he's got it. Second baseman Jerry Adair finally catching up to it. Well, it's New York Yankee baseball, and let's pause right now for station identification. Hi, I'm Bill Edwardson. I'm the bird that wakes up the early birds. Join me weekday mornings from 6 to 10. It's a real eye-opener. On WGY Radio 81, Schenectady. With two down, the leadoff man, Horace Clark, moves in. First pitch to Horace. It's hit on the ground. Two hops to Adair. He's got it. Over to the first baseman, Fiore, and the side is retired. So it's three up and three down for the Yankees in the bottom of the eighth. And the score after eight, Kansas City four, Yankees two. How many times have you stopped for gasoline and then after driving away realized that you forgot to have the windshield cleaned and that it might have been a good time to check the oil? An Atlantic Red Bull dealer wouldn't have let that happen. He'd have cleaned the windshield without being asked. And he'd have reminded you about the oil, too, because that's part of the Red Bull dealer guarantee. It goes like this. An Atlantic Red Bull dealer will always clean your windshield, weather permitting, and offer to check the oil. Or he'll refund the cost of your gasoline. This offer may vary in some states, but the service never varies. So if you're inclined to be a little absent-minded at times, like most of us, that's one good reason to look for the red ball sign. If you're interested in service that's 100% reliable, that's an even better reason to drive in for Atlantic Red Ball dealer service. So good, it's guaranteed to every customer, every time. We've got a new pitcher, and it's Lindy McDaniel who's coming on for Fritz Peterson. He'll go up against the bottom third of the Royals lineup, and that's the catcher, Ellie Rodriguez, the right fielder, Bob Oliver, and the pitcher, Wally Bunker. We're into the top of the ninth inning, Kansas City leading 4-2. to two. Jerry had a little uh, tidbit here in the uh, press notes tonight regarding the Yankees' newest pitcher, Ken Johnson. We are sort of holding back on it, see if he came into this ballgame anywhere along the line. But uh, Ken was a high school teammate of third base coach Dick Hauser down in West Palm Beach, Florida. And uh, one of his first uh, initiations into baseball was when he was the scoreboard keeper for the West Palm Beach Baseball Club in the Florida International League. And that West Palm Beach Baseball Club was run by the man who is now the Yankee traveling secretary, Bruce Henry. 
Well, Ken Johnson must feel among friends then by joining the Yankees. I saw him tonight, uh, Frank, and he's a big guy. He's got a few years on him. He's not a young pitcher. He's been around a while, but a very pleasant uh, fellow. And he stayed away a day or two. His wife was ill, and everything's okay now, so he's back here and ready to go whenever he's called on. He'll be used as a middle relief man as of the moment. Here's McDaniel's first pitch to Rodriguez, a check swing, one hopper. Lindy has it over to Pepitone, one away. That was quick. McDaniel has a record of three wins and two losses. He's got one save. Render an average of 3.90. He's making his 21st appearance of the year, and he's pitched 34 and a third innings thus far. Right over the top of the fourth ball, Lindy McDaniel kicks the foot high and comes right down. Bob Oliver waiting now. Right-hand batter. Daniel throws that curve this time. It's low for ball one. Oliver has moved his average up. Came into this game at 225. He's one for three. Four homers, 11 RBIs. A big right-hander swings and fouls it off. Strike one. When you look at the ball players on the playing fields these days, they're all bigger and more powerful than ever before. No question about that. Oliver swings and misses strike two. Bob Oliver, 6'2", 215. And you see those figures so often repeated. 6'2", 6'3", 6'1", 2'5", 220. The 1-2 pitch. Outside, 2-2. Two there's always Boo Powell and Frank Howard, though, that make them all look smart. Boy, they sure do, don't they? Hmm. Yeah, speaking of Frank Howard, Senators have tied it up in the bottom of the ninth, and they go into the tenth inning playing the Oakland A's at four apiece. Bob Oliver just swung and missed, and he struck out. Two up, two down. And now Wally Bunker, the pitcher, coming on, and he's getting a hand. From the 8,669 fans here at Yankee Stadium. One thing I've always liked at this ballpark, Frank, when a man does a good job, doesn't make a difference what team he's on, the fans appreciate it. Indication of true baseball fans, Jerry. Wally Bunker facing Lindy McDaniel. The first pitch by Lindy is swung on a missed strike one. in his rookie year won 19 ball games and struggled after that. The one strike pitch swung on a missed strike too. That rookie season was back in 1964. Since then it's arm actually sent him to the minor leagues for part of 1968. It was at Rochester for part of the season. Swings and misses strike three. The ball is dropped by Gibbs, but he tags Bunker and then flips it right to him. And the side is retired. So McDaniel coming in in one inning. Strikes out two men. Nothing across for Kansas City. And the Yankees go into the bottom of the ninth, trailing by a score of four to two. The next time you stop at your participating Atlantic station, be sure to take a good look at the beautiful fine china your dealer is offering at a very low price. So low, you wouldn't believe it was possible to purchase fine china at such a price. But you can, 
And this fine china called Royal Elegance compares with china that costs many times the price. It's a value at all participating Atlantic stations. With each purchase of eight gallons of gasoline, you can buy a four-piece place setting of Royal Elegance at an unbelievable low price. This offer may vary in some states, but this beautiful fine china will never vary in its translucent, delicate beauty. Each place setting consists of a cup and saucer, dinner plate, and bread and butter plate. Charge your place settings on your Atlantic Richfield credit card if you like. Stop in today and take a look at Royal Elegance, then take some home. Royal Elegance is worth a trip to your Atlantic station, believe me. I mentioned earlier in the game, uh, Wally Bunker's first start in the major leagues. He pitched a one-hitter. He was uh, naturally nervous. He didn't know about his start until about uh, an hour and a half before the game. And the players uh, were trying to relax him, and then they started kidding him a little bit. You know, we'll show you where the mound is and all that. You know how it is the first time you go out. Bunker looked around and said, hey, you guys, get off my back. I'll go out there and pitch a no-hitter. Well, there was a reporter in the clubhouse, and he heard that, and he put the story on the wire, and it went around the country, and the re first reaction was this brash kid, you know. He went out, and he pitched a one-hitter, and the only base hit in the ball game was a ground ball right back through the pitcher's box. It was a clean single, but Bunker always blamed himself for not fielding it. Jerry Kenny on the first pitch in the ninth inning hits a solid single to left field, and the Yankees are moving again. There's one thing about this Yankee ball club, they never say die, and they're at it again as Kenny opens up the bottom of the ninth with a solid single. And for Jerry, a perfect night, he's two for two. Two singles and two walks. Scored one of the Yankee runs in the fourth, and here's Bobby Mercer. So Bunker has to go through the meat of the Yankee batting order. Mercer third, Pepitone fourth, and White the fifth hitter. Mercer hits a base hit to right field. Kenny on his way to third, and the tying run is on at first base with nobody out. Mercer is now two for four on two pitches. The Yankees put the tying run on. A solid single by Kenny, a solid single by Mercer, and Frank, I think that Bobby Mercer is back on the beam again after having a little trouble after that ankle injury. That's very true, Jerry, and uh, I'm sure as a former ball player, you know just how quickly, no matter how good a batter is, or how good an eye he has, and Mel Harder is now just out of the mound, he's the pitching coach, but no matter how good a batting eye a player has, if he uh, has to sit out, uh, three or four days or five days. It takes a while to get back into the groove. It's such a fine thing. One of the most difficult individual feats in sport is to hit a thrown baseball with a baseball bat. And that eye and the timing is so important and a player can lose it when he's out for any, even a short length of time. That is very possibly what happened to Bobby Mercer. He's taken in these few ball games to get his uh, batting eye, get his timing back, and get his swing back. But tonight, he has ripped the ball well to right field, two times out of four. Okay, Frank, we're ready to go. And you know who it is from the roar of the crowd, Joe Pepitone, who is one for three. 
Kenny at third, Mercer at first. The tying runs are on, nobody out. Bottom of the ninth, Kansas City leading 4-2. to two. Bunker's first pitch is hit on the ground. Fiore has it. He goes to second for one. The throw is wild and into the stands. And Pepitone, who represents the tying run, goes down the second base as Kenny comes in to score. Jack Hernandez had no chance at all for Pepitone. He threw the ball anyway. Mercer cut him down. And Hernandez tried to throw. The ball was high, got into the seat. Pepitone goes to second. Hernandez is charged with an error. So the play is 3-6. An error on the shortstop, Jack Hernandez. The tying run at second base. It's a four-to-three ball game. Kenny came in to score. Pepitone gets an RBI. And the batter now, Roy White from the left side. And this has been the guy who has given Wally Bunker such a fit. He tied it up in the seventh with a home run. He's one for three. Pepitone at second. White takes high. Ball one. You can see that play unfolding. The throw to the shortstop, Hernandez. No chance to get Pepitone, but he tried anyway. Mercer cut him down. The throw went into the stand. Pepe's at second. White takes low. Two balls and no strike. On deck is Jim Lytle. Wally Bunker battling for that victory came into the game with a record of two and three Fritz Peterson on the hook for the Yankees the Yankees can tie it he'll be off the 2-0 pitch to White low and inside a nice save by the catcher Kelly Rodriguez three and oh White choking up maybe a couple of inches. He's down a little bit farther than he is normally. Defense shading to the right side with White. Pepitone moving off second, a 3-0 pitch, and Roy takes it inside for ball four. The fourth walk given up by Wally Bunker, and that is all for Wally Bunker as Joe Gordon comes out of the Royals' dugout. So we'll have another pitcher coming on to pitch to Jim Lytle, depending on whether or not manager Ralph House goes with his young outfielder. We'll have to wait and see. Jerry Joe Gordon went just as far as he could with Bunker. Two uh, shots here, the one by Kenny and the one by Mercer. Of course, uh, Bunker wasn't helped by Hernandez's uh, throw out there at shortstop, which went into the stands and allowed the potential tying run to go to second. And now the walk to Roy White. So Bunker goes eight and one-third innings in this ballgame. He has allowed to this point three runs on six hits. Walked four, and uh, if I check my scorecard correctly, struck out only one, Roy White back in the fourth inning. Well, with Lionel coming on, we'll just wait a moment and see. Nobody has uh, started in from the bullpen yet. Joe Gordon is out at the mound. 
with Rodriguez and Bunker. He has to make a pitching change because this is the second visit to the mound. Mel Harder went out just a few moments ago. Frank, whoever it is that's coming in out there, they had trouble locating, and then when he started in, he had trouble finding his jacket, and consequently, it took a while before he could uh, really come out of the bullpen. He was running around looking for the right jacket. Well, it's going to be a right-hander. We'll just I wait. I believe it's the boy that was hit last night by the name of Mo Drabowski. I just have a hunch. No, I don't say it's not Drabowski. It may be Wickersham again. I believe it is uh, Wickersham, but it's not Strabowski. It's going to be Wickersham. And, uh, well, if uh, the fans were listening last night, they know what Wickersham did in the ninth inning with the Kansas City Royals leading the Yankees by a score of 7-6 to six. and with runners at first and third and nobody out. Wickersham got Johnny Ellis on a pop-up, struck out Jerry Kenny, a pinch hitter, and then got Michael on a pop-up and left the down one third base. Boston 2 in Minnesota nothing on a homer by Joe LaHood. San Francisco over the Mets this afternoon 7-2 despite home run number 7 by Ed Cranepool. Gaylord Terry won his ninth. Gary Gentry was the loser. At the end of five, Houston 6 and Pittsburgh 3 blast against Wilson. At the end of eight innings of play, Atlanta five and the Cubs one. At the end of six innings, St. Louis eight, Cincinnati four. And that's the story on the scoreboard. We're ready to go with Jimmy Lytle batting against Dave Wickersham. Okay, Dave Wickersham, who did quite a job last night with the tying run at third base. Got out of it. Let's see what he can do tonight as Lytle stands in there and Jim takes a strike. Wickersham. Sinker balls, sliders. Tries to keep the ball away. He's got a screwball, a right-hander. Lytle, the left-hand hitter, waiting. Runners at first and second. Here's the pitch. It's inside. One and one. Jim Lytle has walked Slide to center, line to short. Wally Bunker went eight and a third inning. Gave up six hits, walked four, struck out one, and has allowed three runs. The men on base belong to Bunker, so he could lose this ball game. Here's the 1-1 pitch. Lytle takes it inside, two balls and a strike. Dave Wickersham making his 24th appearance of the year. Has an earned run average of 2.92. One, two, and lost two. Lytle with that open stance. Pepitone at second. White at first. Wickersham, the 2-1 delivery, hit high to right field, a base hit. Coming on is Pepitone, heading for third is White. And the Yankees tie it up. A clutch single for Jimmy Lytle. It's a 4-4 ball game, and the Yankees have the winning run at third base. 
in the person of Roy White. be up to Gene Michael. Jojo White, the third base coach, has moved out almost midway between the foul line and the dugout to pull that outfield in. A long fly ball, that's all over anyway. Joe Gordon is out to say something to his pitcher, Dave Wickersham. Yeah, you got to think about something now. Jimmy Lytle up there in a clutch situation, and the Usher came through with a great big base hit. And it, it's really interesting to watch a young ball player such as the Lytle. We had a chance this spring to see quite a few, but now with the season underway, Lytle called up from the minor leagues. And as you said earlier, got off to not a good start, but has steadily shown improvement. He's uh, turned in some fine plays in center field tonight. He's had to run all over the pasture out there for some long drives. And now, here in the ninth inning, with a chance to tie the ball game up, he comes through with a clutch hit. And you have to give credit where it is due, and that young man deserves some credit. Yeah, that was Jim Lytle's first big hit of his major league career. That was the first big one. Uh, Solid single that tied up a ball game in the bottom of the ninth inning. Now, Ellie Howard is out there saying something to Jim Lytle. At third base, Roy White. Gene Michael, who is 0 for 3, is at the plate. The infield is in. The outfield is almost in the infield. They're very shallow. Everybody looking for everything as Michael takes low ball one. A nice play by Ellie Rodriguez. The ball was in the dirt. Blocked it nicely. The runner's holding. One down. Kansas City four and the Yankees four. The Yankees keep battling back. Almost did it last night. Tonight they have tied it up. Michael waiting. Wickersham sets. Here's the pitch. It's outside. Two balls and no strikes. Jake Gibbs on deck. Now Joe Foy, the third baseman, runs over and says something to Dave Wickersham. As it stands right now, Chris Peterson is off the hook. He cannot lose the ball game. Wally Bunker could lose it, although he's not out there. Roy White at third base is his responsibility. Michael waiting. Wickersham says, here it comes, it's high for three and oh. Three balls, no strikes, one out. Boy at third, Hernandez at short, Adair at second, Fiore at first, in on the grass. White, who can run, moving off third. Lytle drifting off first. The 3-0 pitch to Michael. He starts to go and holds off for ball four. They're loaded up. Now it's up to Jake Gibbs with the bases loaded. 
event there's a ground ball, should there be a play at the plate, it will be a force play and not a tag play. With the bases loaded, Gibbs is up there. Jake is 0 for 3 tonight. Here's the pitch. Jake fouls it back, strike one. Got under it. Coming back here on the screen. Light at third, Lytle at second, Michael at first. 4-4 tie. The Yankees coming back with two big ones in the bottom of the ninth. Single by Kenny, a single by Mercer. Fourth play by Pepitone, and then an error by the shortstop. A walk to White, a single by Lytle to tie it up. And now the walk to Michael with the bases loaded. Gibbs waiting, choking up a little from the left side. Wickersham said, here's the pitch. In the dirt, blocked nicely once again by Ellie Rodriguez. One ball, one strike. Rodriguez has done a fine job on a couple of pitches from Dave Wickersham in this ninth inning. And that one, had it got by him, would have ended everything. Gibbs has asked the umpire to take a look at the baseball after it hit the dirt. And the umpire obliges. That's Lou DeMuro behind the plate. Sometimes a ball hitting the dirt, as Jake so well knows, will get scuffed. And this will give a smart pitcher quite an advantage. Gibbs waiting once again. Tension is mounting here at Yankee Stadium. All tied up for a piece ninth. One away. Wickersham sets one more time. The 1-1 pitch. Gibbs hits it up the middle. Hernandez has it through to the plate. The force is on. Roy White sliding in. And the bases are still loaded. Two down. And now it'll be up to Lindy McDaniel. McDaniel started up toward the plate, but then it's Tommy Trish coming out. McDaniel actually started toward the plate. For a moment, it looked as though he was going to go all the way, but now manager Roundhouse has called on Tommy Trish with the bases loaded, two out, and a 4-4 tie. That was a nice play by Jack Hernandez as he moved to his left. Spun, fired to the plate for the force on White. Sure, it was a good play by Hernandez, and uh, Wickersham had a little bit of luck on that one. He reached for that ball with his bare hand, and that ball was sharply hit. It would have been awfully tough for Wickersham to field it with his bare hand. Had he touched it, he might have deflected it away from Hernandez and he eliminated that play for the shortstop. Okay, Frank, Lytle is now at third base, Michael at second, and Gibbs at first. And it's up to Tommy Tresh with two down. Tommy in there for Lindy McDaniel. Tresh waiting. The pitch by Wickersham is a curve that's in there for strike one. No balls, one strike. Wickersham is taking his windup now. There he goes. The pitch is swung on a miss by Tresh for strike two. Wickersham pulled the string. We're on a 4-4 tie ball game. California Baltimore tied at four apiece. Oakland and Washington in the 11th at four apiece. The Yankees tied here in the ninth at four apiece with two down and the bases loaded. Wickersham ready. The two-strike pitch to Tresh has hit hard the foul to right field. 
busting one. A frozen rope into the lower seats, but foul. Fresh the switch hitter, as you know, from the left side. Tommy batting, 183 as he steps up there. Five doubles, two triples, a home run, and nine RBIs. Fresh waiting. Wickersham winds again. Here's the two-strike pitch. Swung on a miss. Strike three. So we go into the tenth inning as Tommy Tresh goes after a fastball for the Yankees. Two runs. On three base hits. One Kansas City error. Three men left. And the score after nine full innings of play. Yankees four, Kansas City four. And here's a look at the scoreboard. In the American League, it's Oakland 4, Washington 4. They're playing the 11. Cleveland 1, the White Sox 1 in the 7th inning. Detroit 2, Seattle 1, playing in the 5th. Baltimore 4 and California 4, they're playing in the ninth. Boston 7, Minnesota nothing after 3.5. And that's all in the American League. In the National League this afternoon, the Giants beat the Mets 7-2. In night action, the Braves beat the Cubs 5-1. Hank Aaron hit his 526th lifetime and 16th on the year. The Cardinals, 9, Cincinnati 4. They're playing the bottom of the 7. Another action. Philadelphia at Los Angeles, Montreal at San Diego later starts, and Houston 6, the Pirates 3 after 5. Right here, it's a 4-4 tie. We'll pause for station identification. Hi, Harry Downey speaking. Every day it's music and mystery. Stay close weekdays, 10 to 11.30 a.m. and 1 to 3 p.m. here on WGY Schenectady. Well, we're ready to go into the 10th inning. Jack Aker has come on to do the pitching, and now to carry you down for a while, here is Frank Messer. All right, Jerry Coleman, thank you very much. Lindy McDaniel went one inning. Faced only three batters, he struck out two of them. And now Jack Aker will try to hold the Kansas City Royals in check as he faces the top of the batting order, Jack Hernandez, Pat Kelly, and then Joe Foy. Hernandez is 0 for 4 tonight. Grounded out twice to the second baseman. Right hand batter. The right hander Aker to the right hand hitting Jack Hernandez. Aker's first pitch is swung on and missed, and it was in the dirt. He came by way of third base with it, and the ball was in the dirt as Hernandez swung at it. Aker is making his eighth appearance for the Yankees and his 23rd overall this year. Since uh, coming to the Yankees in the trade for Fred Talbot, Aker has saved one game, allowed only one earned run in nine innings. Walked three, struck out eight. There's a bunt foul by Hernandez behind the plate for strike two.
Baker works over a big Shaw tobacco. Looks down to Jake Gibbs. The two strike pitch to Jack Hernandez. Curve is popped up behind the plate. Gibbs coming back and makes the catch right in front of the screen. So Hernandez is retired on a foul pop-up to Jake Gibbs. One down, and here is Pat Kelly. Kelly has been on base three times tonight with two singles. He was also hit by a pitch. His last time up, he struck out. Kelly also has scored a run, stolen a base. The pitch to him. He tries to butt and takes the bat away. The pitch is low. One ball, no strike. Jake Gibbs had a brief word with Lou DeMuro. Have an idea Jake uh, figured that Kelly might have offered for that pitch. Now the 1-0 delivery from Aker. He swings and misses. One ball, one strike. Around late on Aker's fastball. Four ball game in the tent. Baker deals again, and Kelly fouls it. One ball, two strikes. The ball trickled off the first base side. Jake Gibbs retrieves it. Gives it to Lou DeMuro, and DeMuro sends it back to the pitcher. One out, nobody on. Yankees have four runs, seven hits, one error. Kansas City, four runs, eight hits, and two errors. deep in right field against Pat Kelly. Strong left-hander. One-two pitch coming to him. He hits it past Aker and it's on through to center field a base hit. Aker went to his knees on the pitching mound trying to field that one but couldn't reach it. And Kelly is on with his third hit of this ball game. They'll have to keep an eye on Kelly. He has stolen nine bases in nine attempts against the Yankees. One of those sets tonight. The batter is Joe Foy. Foy is 0 for 4. Reached on a fourth out in the first inning. Then struck out, fly to right, and grounded out to short. Right-hand hitter. Michael and Clark shorten up for the double play. Quick throw to first, not in time on Kelly. Kenny at third, back about a step behind the bag, guarding the foul line. The outfield is spread out, with the exception of Mercer, who is planted toward the alley in right center. The first pitch to Foy. Sidearm curve hit on the ground, and it takes a big hop. Nice play by Michael to Clark. And double play! What a play by Gene Michael. That ball hops up in the air. Michael leaps for it, spin it. Through to Clark, and Clark completed the double play to Pepitone. What a play by Gene Michael as he turned in another beauty for the Yankees. We were getting ready to say that ball was going to take a hop and go into left field. But Michael, using the basketball legs, got up in the air, made the play, and it turned into a double play. The side is retired. Whew. 
No runs, a base hit, and nobody left. And at the end of nine and a half, it's the Yankees four and the Royals four. The Yankees are proud to announce that the third annual fraternal night will be held by the New York State Free and Accepted Masons and the Knights of Columbus at Yankee Stadium on Friday night, June 13th. Approximately 20,000 members of both outstanding groups will attend the Yankee-Seattle game. There will be a colorful field program highlighted by two bands. Yes, the Yankees look forward to welcoming the Masons and the Knights of Columbus on June 13th. And if your group would like to celebrate a day or a night here at Yankee Stadium, contact the group sales department, Yankee Stadium, Bronx, New York, 10451, and they'll be happy to make full arrangements for you and your group. Just get in touch with the group sales department, Yankee Stadium, Bronx, New York, and they'll arrange for your group to sit together, and you'll have a wonderful night here, or at, a night or a day here at Yankee Stadium. Just pick your game and make your call. Kansas City Royals have a new pitcher as we go to the bottom half of the 10th inning. Left-hander Steve Jones. Jones has a brother, Gary Jones, in the Yankee organization. And Gary, like Steve, is a left-hander. Steve Jones this year has a record of two wins and three losses. He is making his 14th appearance and his 10th uh, appearance in relief. An earned run average of 3.79. He'll be facing the top of the Yankee batting order. We saw Jones start a ball game against the Yankees out in Kansas City. He gave up six runs in one and a third innings. Lost 6-2 to, to Fritz Peterson. And one of those six hits off Jones was a homer by Bobby Mercer. And Mercer will be up here in the 10th inning. Clark to lead it off. The Hoss is 0 for 4. Jones pitch. Fastball inside. Ball one. One out delivery. High. Ball two. Really, ladies and gentlemen, a fantastic play by Gene Michael to start that double play that ended the top half of the 10th inning. Play that it would be, well, really worth the full admission to half a dozen ball games just to see one. A really fantastic play. 2 nothing pitch to Clark. High ball three, and Jones is behind three and all. the bat back and forth, takes all the way and a strike is called. Three and one. Jerry Kenny on deck, then Bobby Mercer. Yep, and if the Yanks get a man on, it would be Joe Pepper. Three one pitch. Hit on the ground, foul between the bag at third and Coach Dick Houser. Three balls, two strikes to Horace Clark. Rodriguez down in the crowd behind the plate. Flashes a sign, sets the target. The 3-2 pitch. Clark fouls it back just overhead. 
Joe on Clark. And again, the payoff pitch to him. It's high, ball four, and Hoss is on. Carter, the pitching coach, goes out to the mound to talk to Steve Jones. Dick Hauser comes down from the third base coaching line to talk to Jerry Kenny. Dave Wickersham worked two-thirds of an inning. Walked one, struck out one, and allowed a base hit. The four runs scored by the Yankees charged to the starter, Wally Bunker, who went eight and a third. There's the set by Steve Jones. The look for Clark to pitch to Kenny. It's high as Kenny had squared the box. Ball one. Jerry Coleman, you know, a thought that just crossed my mind. It was Wally Bunker who started the ball game in Kansas City that went 15 innings. Yes. <laughs> One ball and no strikes to Kenny. Clark at first. Fiore ready to charge. So is Foy. The pitch is outside as Kenny again squared off. Two balls and no strikes. Beautiful to watch a team expecting the bunt. Everybody just about moves. First baseman and third baseman charge. The shortstop goes to second. The second baseman goes to first. The right fielder comes into cover. Two nothing pitch now. Kenny takes five, ball three. Three balls and no strikes. And Steve Jones, after walking Clark off a 3-2 count, is now behind three balls and no strikes to Jerry Kenny. Appears that Jones may be overpowering himself right now. He's throwing the fastball very hard and it's rising on him. The pitch, it's high, ball four. Kenny draws the walk. Clark moves to second. Now Fiore goes in from first base to the mound to talk to Steve Jones. The batter is Bobby Mercer. Mercer tonight is two for four. He's batted in a run. The last time Mercer faced Steve Jones, he hit a home run. at second, Kenny at first. Infield shaved around to the right side. Outfield is also pulled to the right side. Shallow and left. Mercer squares the bottom, takes outside, ball one. Six consecutive balls now thrown by Steve Jones, the left-hander. will be all for Jones. Joe Gordon comes out now to make a pitching change. Mel Harder earlier had gone to the mound in the inning, so now it's mandatory that a change be made as Joe Gordon goes out. And again, Dick Hauser comes down to have a meeting with Bobby Mercer. We'll see who comes in when the Clark comes out from the bullpen. But as the pitching change is being made here, Jerry Coleman, are there any other changes on our scoreboard? 
Well, let's see. We're in the 12th inning between Oakland and the Senators, and that's still going at four apiece. Jackson homered for the A's, and Bernie Allen hit one for Washington. Cleveland has moved out in front of the White Sox 2-1. They're playing the bottom of the seventh. Hopkins had a home run in the second for the Sox. Detroit 2, Seattle 1 after four and a half. Jim Northrup hit his tenth for Detroit. After nine innings of play, California 4 and Baltimore 4. Hicks had a home run. Jim Hicks with two men on in the second inning, a three-run shot. The Orioles came up with two in the seventh to tie up that ball game, and they're moving into the tenth inning. McNally started. He's out of there. Murphy also started for California, and he's out of there. Boston 7, Minnesota nothing. And that's after three and a half. LaHood had a home run on the first for the Red Sox. San Francisco 7, the Mets 2, a final score. The winner was Perry, the loser, Gentry. Craneful hit number 7 for the Mets. Final score, the Braves beat the Cubs 5-1. Necro got the win, hands the loss. Hundley had number 10 for Chicago. Aaron hit a 16th and 526 lifetime. The Cardinals 10, Cincinnati 4 after 7.5. Pinson and Troy have homered for the Cardinals. Colin and Johnson homered for Cincinnati. Houston now trails the Pirates. Oh, the Pirates come up with six runs in the sixth inning. The lead 9-6 with Houston batting bottom of the sixth. Clemente hit a bases-loaded home run in the sixth inning to help the Pirate cause. In other action, Montreal at San Diego, Philadelphia at Los Angeles, a later start. We've got a new pitcher here, Frank Messer. We're in the 10th inning. The Yankees are threatening. Runners at first and second. Nobody out. A one-ball count to Bobby Mercer. All right, Jerry Coleman. And the right-hander is Dave Moorhead. Dave Moorhead coming on to pitch to Bobby Mercer. Moorhead is the right-hander. Coming into this game. Moorhead shows the record of one win and two losses. An earned run average of 6.00. In 13 games, check that, in 12 games, he has pitched only 20 and two-thirds innings. He completes the wall-off throws, and Mercer steps in against him. Moorhead inherits a one-ball no-strike count from his predecessor, Steve Jones. Black at second, Kenny at first. The ball game tied 4-4 four four here in the bottom half of the 10th inning. Played on by Ludemiro, reminding Moorhead there is already a count. He looks back to second. Here's the pitch. Mercer takes a strike. One ball, one strike. Boy is squeezed into the edge of the grass at third. Fiore ready to charge in from first. Hernandez shaded toward the bag at second. Jerry Adair midway between first and second. Outfield is deep and right. The center fielder Kelly over toward the alley in right center. Fairly shallow is Pinella in left. The look back to second. Moorhead delivers an overhand third. The pin for a strike two call. One ball and two strikes. Call Jerry Dave Moorhead uh, one time with the Boston Red Sox did pitch an no hitter. 
certainly did. He was their ace up there and then came up with a sore arm and he's battled ever since. But uh, from what we've seen tonight and this one uh, at Ballad Mercer, it looks like his arm's in good shape. All right, his one-two pitch to Bobby. Curveball is swung on and missed strike three. Rodriguez dropped it, but with less than two outs and first base occupied, the batter cannot go down. Here's Pepitone. Joe Pep steps in. Pepitone is one for four tonight. He has batted in a run and scored a run. And Jojo White comes out of the dugout to realign the outfielders. He sends Oliver all the way back to the warning track and right. Pepitone takes the breaking pitch, but it misses ball one. The center fielder, Kelly, well over in the alley in right center. The left fielder, Pinello, is shallow and straight away. Bob Oliver way back to the warning track near the seats in right field. 1-0 pitch. And Pepitone takes it low as Moorhead fell down delivering that pitch. Moorhead fell down as he lost his footing and sprawled on the forward slope of the mound. balls and no strike to Joe Pepitone. Moorhead taking time to brush himself off and also to recover his composure. Steven on the bases with Clark at second and Kenny at first. 2 nothing to Pepitone. He swings and misses. Strike one. three ball games right now that were four to two just a little while ago and they're now all four to four oakland at washington california at baltimore and our game right here two one pitch happy fouls it back on the netting strike two oakland and washington also an extra inning california at baltimore also an extra inning Quite a coincidence up there on the scoreboard. Dave Moorhead takes his cap off, puts it back on. Rock and Kenny lead away from second and first respectively. Two-two pitch to Pepitone. Here it comes. He pops it up on the right side. Adair. Back on the grass under it. Infield fly rule in effect as Adair puts it away and there are two down. Is up to Roy White. White hit his third home run of the year back in the seventh inning as he put it into the seats in right field near the bullpen. It was his first homer in exactly two months. So Roy White, one for three, also has drawn a walk. have received seven walks from Kansas City pitching. First pitch to White. Long out and miss as Moorhead fed him a fastball.
at second. Kenny at first. A four-to-four ball game in the center. Moorhead brings the hands together. Kicks and deals. White fouls it back into the press box. And it almost got one of the writers who was not alert. No balls and two strikes. One of the gentlemen of the press looking down probably at his notes. And that ball came dangerously close to hitting him. Rodriguez for the sign. Two strike pitch to Roy White. Here it comes. Curveball is laced out of the shallow left on the move. Panella, he makes the catch as he goes down to his knees. Lou Panella made the catch on his right knee, and the side is retired. For the Yankees, no runs, no hits. There were no errors, two walks, and two men left. At the end of 10, it is still New York 4 and Kansas City 4. City and the Yankees have had some wild ones, and this is a big one for the Yankees. They're two under 500. If they can grab this one, it will move them back within one game of the 500 mark. And, of course, that's the one that they've been shooting at most of the year. Once you get to that 500 mark and get a few games over, you feel a little confident. Sort of picks up your spirit. So we've got a 4-4 ball game going into the 11th inning. The Yankees have used three pitchers. Aker is in there now. Peterson started it for the Yankees. The Royals have used four pitches. Moorhead is in there for them, and Wally Bunker was the starting pitcher for the Royals. Frank? Okay, Jerry, and here is Mike Fiore to lead it off. He's 0 for 3, walked and scored, takes a uh, strike on the first pitch. Fiore walked with two outs in the eighth inning, and he was on when Lou Pinella hit the inside the park home run. Looks down to Gibbs. Winds and deals. Fiore takes a strike two call. Reggie Jackson has just hit his second home run of the ball game for Oakland in the 13th inning. And Oakland has taken a lead over Washington. Reggie Jackson tonight has hit home runs number 18 and 19. 0-2-6. Fiore takes, and it's a bit low. One ball and two strikes. As things stand now, it is Akers' game to win or lose. Jack is looking for his first win of the year. Fiore hits the ground ball to Pepitone. Down on his right knee, Pepitone has it. Flips to Akers, covering in time. One down. And now Lou Pinella, who's had quite a night. Two singles and an inside-the-park home run. Manella has batted in three of the four runs for Kansas City. He is six for 13 in the series. Knocked in two runs last night, has three more tonight. Right-hand hitter. Akers pitched to him, the curve for the strike. Panella was 
backing away. Canelo wants the baseball examined. Beyond that hitter is Jerry Adair. Canella had two RBIs last night. He had four RBIs last night and three tonight. Seven and two ball games. One strike pitch to him. Hopped up. It is shot on left center. Michael going back. Lytle coming. And it's in there for a base hit. Lou Pinella getting his fourth hit of the ball game on a fly ball into shallow left center. Michael started back. So he didn't have a play. Lytle and White coming in from the outfield could not reach it. That is the second hit off Akers. The batter is Jerry Adair. Adair is 0 for 4. Always figured Jerry Coleman that Jerry Adair becomes a better hitter the closer the ball game and the later it gets. He's tough in the clutch. He's what is known as the old pro. He swings and he misses on the first pitch, strike one. Another at first, one down. Infield halfway, the pitch. Adair hits a fly ball out into left center. Lytle is after it. He's under it. And Lytle has it in his glove. There are two down. We're just informed that this is the third time this year that Lou Canella has had as many as four hits in a ball game. He's one of those uh, youngsters, Jerry, that's kicked around from club to club and organization to organization. But all of a sudden, this year seems so far to have blocked them. Well, expansion baseball has been a boon to many ballplayers. Rodriguez swings in the first pitch. Ground ball off Jerry Kenny's leg. It's good, and all hands will be safe. Kenny charged that one. Got the glove down, but it didn't hit his glove. It hit him in the leg, and he'll be charged with an error. Canella at second, Rodriguez at first on the second Yankee era of this ball game. And now Bob Oliver, the right fielder, with two on and two gone. Oliver is one for four, led off the third inning with a single and scored the first run of the game for Kansas City. We are tied four to four. We're in the 11th. Jack Aker takes his sign from Jake Gibbs. Lances to second. Deals. Oliver takes. High. Ball one. One ball and no strike to Big Bob Oliver. 6'2", 205 pounds. the 1-0 pitch. Foul back to the base of the screen.
on strike. This game has had speed, it's had the long ball, it's had the clutch hit, it's had some great fielding plays. And now, a lot of suspense as we're in the 11th. Baker's 1-1 pitch to Oliver. Inside. Ball two. Two balls and a strike. Two out. Fanella at second. Rodriguez at first. Baker takes a little breather. Now looks down to Gibbs. The 2-1 pitch. Long run in this by Oliver. Strike two. We have paused for station identification. Hi, Terry Lester here. Kick those late afternoon blues. Keep happy from 3 to 7 p.m. weekdays on WGY Schenectady, Radio 81. Two balls, two strikes. Two on, two gone. Baker working very deliberately. Sets at the belt. And delivers. Low and inside ball three. So the big action play coming. With two outs, the runners will be going on a 3-2 pitch to Bob Oliver. Vanilla has good foot. He proved that when he ran out of inside the park homer back in the eighth inning. Stretches away from second. Rodriguez off first. There they go. Here it comes. And it's going on in this strike three. Jack Aker strikes out Bob Oliver. And the side is retired. For the Royals, no runs. A base hit. A Yankee air and two men left. And now at the end of ten and a half innings, it's the Yankees four and the Royals four. The Yankees are proud to announce that the third annual fraternal night will be held by the New York State Free and Accepted Masons and the Knights of Columbus at Yankee Stadium on Friday night, June 13th. Approximately 20,000 members of both outstanding groups will attend the Yankee-Seattle game. There will be a colorful field program highlighted by two bands. Yes, the Yankees look forward to welcoming the Masons and the Knights of Columbus on June 13th. And if your group would like to celebrate a day or a night here at Yankee Stadium, contact the Group Sales Department, Yankee Stadium, Bronx, New York, 10451, and they'll be happy to make full arrangements for you and your group. Just get in touch with the Group Sales Department, Yankee Stadium, Bronx, New York, and they'll arrange for your group to sit together, and you'll have a wonderful night here or at a night or a day here at Yankee Stadium. Just pick your game and make your call. And the battle continues here at Yankee Stadium between the Royals and the Yanks. Bottom of the 11th inning. For the Yankees, it'll be young Jim Lytle, Gene Michael, and Jake Gibbs. And this young Michael, or Lytle rather, was the guy that drove in the big run to tie it up in the ninth inning and put us into overtime. Well, let's, <coughs> excuse me, let's see what he can do here in the 11th inning. All right, Jerry, that was one of the biggest hits he's had in the Major League. As he drilled a single to center off Wickershand to tie the ball game up. Lytle is one for three. The first pitch for Moorhead. He takes letter high for a strike.
Dave Moorhead. Rocks and throws. The curve is fouled off toward the on-deck circle and just past Gene Michael. No balls and two strikes. Bottom half of the 11th inning. Yankees scored a run in the fourth, got one in the seventh, and tied the ball game with two runs in the ninth. The 0-2 pitch. Low and inside. And the count is 1-2 and two to Jim Lytle. Royals broke on top with a run in the third, got another run in the sixth, and scored two in the eighth. Warhead winds and throws, gets the curve in for a strike three. What a breaking pitch this Moorhead is showing tonight. That is his second strikeout. He came into the ball game in the tenth after Steve Jones had walked Clark and Kenny. Moorhead came in, struck out Mercer, got Pepitone on a pop-up, and Roy White on a fly ball to left. Here's Gene Michael. Gets the fastball over, but low, ball one. Michael has not had a base hit tonight, but he has turned in the fielding gem of this ball game. The double play that ended the 10th inning. Fouls the fastball back on the wire, strike one, a ball and a strike. An absolutely fantastic play by Gene Michael as he turned a bad hop, bouncer, into a double play. He was down on his punches to feel it on the ground. The ball must about seven feet in the air. He went up and got it and started a twin killing. 1-1 pitch. Drops in for a strike two. Beautifully thrown by Moorhead. Moorhead has retired the four batters he's faced. He kicks and deals. Curve is fouled. Back into the crowd, just to the left of the protective screen. Michael got the bat down just in time to stay alive. That was another sharp breaking pitch that would have been strike three. Again, the one-two pitch. High. Two balls and two strikes to Gene Michael. One out, nobody on. Forehead throws. Michael swings and misses on a high fastball. Strike three. Three strikeouts now for Moorhead. And Jake Gibbs is the batter. Gibbs tonight is off for four. He swings and misses. Again, the fastball for Moorhead. and deals, and the pitch rises up high. One ball and one strike to Jake Gibbs. One-one pitch. Jake takes it high again. Ball two. Jack Aker is on deck. Moorhead 2-1 delivery. 
Just high, ball three. Again, he went to the breaking stuff. But he missed with it upstairs. Three balls and a strike. Gibbs looks again, and he's on. Ball four. Well, Moorhead gives up his first base runner. And Bobby Cox will now come out and bat for Jack Akers. Eighth walk allowed by Kansas City pitching. is hitting 182. Ten hits, one double, one home run, five runs batted in. Moorhead to Cox. High, ball one. Gibbs leads at first. The pitch coming. Swung on and missed. One ball, one strike. Fiore is not holding Gibbs on. He's given him an extra step to protect against the base hit through the right side. Boy guarding the line at third. 1-1 one, one pitch. Low and outside with a breaking ball. 2-1. Outfield is spread out against Cox. Second baseman Jerry Adair shades him a bit toward the bag. Hernandez deep in the hole at short. 2-1 pitch. Swung on him. Missed strike two. Two balls and two strikes. Moorhead ready. Glances at first. Delivers to Cox, who fouls it back. Kansas City, four runs, ten hits, two errors. The Yankees, four runs, seven hits, and two errors. Bottom half of inning number 11. Moorhead brings the hands together at the belt. Here's the pitch. Cox hits a fly ball out toward left center field, and it is out of the glove of the left fielder, Fidelo. It is a clutch double for Bobby Cox, bringing Jake Gibbs home from first base. A two-base hit for Bobby Cox to win the ball game in the bottom half of the 11th. Lupinella picks himself up off the ground, head down as he walks slowly back in. But that youngster has nothing to be ashamed of. He played a fine ball game for the Royals. But unfortunately for himself and for his team, diving for the ball, he had it in his glove but just couldn't hold it. And Bobby Cox wins it for the Yankees with a double delivering Gibbs from first. So, Jerry, that's it. A 5-4 to four ball game in 11 innings and uh, again, quite a night for the Yankees.
Well, what more can you say? The Yankees, five runs, eight hits, and two errors. Kansas City, four runs, ten hits, and two errors. And the Yankees keep their record intact. They have won five and lost none in extra innings. The winning pitcher in relief, Jack Aker. The loser, Dave Moorhead in relief. Aker with a one and two mark, and Moorhead, his record now, one and three. Remarkable thing about that, Moorhead struck out Lytle and Michael, and then with two down, Gibbs walked, and Bobby Cox, as a pinch hitter, hit a looping fly into left center. Lou Pinella dove for it and hit his glove, and when it hit the glove, it shot toward center field, past the center fielder, Kelly, who was racing over there. By the time they recovered, Gibbs, who showed some of that old miss form and still concealed running, came all the way around, and the Yankees put it away 5-4. to four. So they salvaged the final game of the three-game set with that 5-4 to four win, and we'll be here, and I believe the game gets underway at 8-15 on Friday night against the Seattle Pilots, but we'll be on the air at 7-55 nevertheless. So once again, the final score, Yankees 5, Kansas City 4. Now this is Jerry Coleman saying so long for Frank Messer, Phil Rizzuto, Bill Kane, Sandy Alper, all of our gang, saying goodbye from Yankee Stadium in the Bronx. and your local Atlantic dealer. Atlantic keeps your car on the go with the gasoline and service that makes your car feel young again. And by Peel Brothers of Brooklyn, New York, who say, thank you very much for trying our Peel's Real Draft Beer. This is the home of Champions Network. <laughs>